What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB here for another edition of Coach JB Show. I appreciate everybody joining me. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're back. Tom Brady is still the GOAT, or is he? Trey Young is a bitch-made cat. We're going to break that down. And the transfer portal is an absolute shit show. Combine that with the NIL. Bag chasing. Kids opting out of playoff games. And you have what will soon be the end of college football as we know it. All that in a bag of chips. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Head on over to betonline.ag. Get 50% off your first welcome bonus. Plus, this show is a proud sponsor of CannadipsCBD.com. Make sure you head on over to CannadipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB and go get you some new Cannadips. Sleep fuel if you're tired and get you some wake-up fuel if you're sleepy. Go get you some Cannadips, the cleanest way to dip. CannadipsCBD.com. Use the code, promo code COACHJB. Hey, I got a lot to discuss today. The transfer portal used to naturally be junior college. Uh, that is the transfer portal. Community college was the transfer portal. Coaches used to love to recruit, get on the road, grind. It used to be about the hunt, the gratification to beat out another school on a kid. Now it's done electronically. Can't wait to break this down. Get into it. Pound the like button. Subscribe. Become a member if you're not one. Appreciate everybody joining me today. Um, can't wait to get after it. Going to be a light, an electric one. Steve Kim, the Korean co-sell, is going to join me. Matt McChesney will join me. Talk a little bit more about Dion in Colorado. Some more scrutiny he's taking. Plus, is he right by putting the cameras in every single meeting? Is this barstool? or college football. We're going to break that down as well. Can't wait to get after it. See you on the other side. thinking that college football coaching is now social media um, exploitation? I don't know. It's very interesting. Some people brought it up today to me. I saw some things on OutKick as well with Dan Dockich, my boy. Uh, he had a guest on. I don't know who it was, but I don't agree with his guest. But again, a lot of people that are out here talking and speculating and doing all these different things have never coached football. That is why I had to disagree on Jason Whitlock yesterday. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. Uh, listen, I'm not going to agree to everything you hear me or everything you see me on. That's just not good banter, number one. Number two, I'm going to tell you the truth and what I actually feel. I don't believe a lot of these people understand in totality what it takes to coach college football. Period. Coach football, period. And especially not right now. So Dion bringing in the cameras and all that, which I may not agree with in full, um, but that is the new way, right? That is the new way. And now you're going to ask me on the other side, well, 
Can a kid film Dion when he makes a bad play call or makes a bad decision around the team? Uh, if they lost the game, are we going to come in and film? I did not know this was a two-way street. I did not know this was a democracy, but apparently it has become one. And you guys are so fast and quick to give the keys to the Mercedes to these kids without them ever having to earn anything. And that is what blows my mind. That is what I disagree with Matt on. That is what I disagree with a lot of people on. I am not the guy to give the car keys to these kids without earning anything. You guys are. See, grown folks think that the kids should be able to do exactly what the adult does. Well, if that's how the world operated, then we would be in total flux and be totally fucked. I just want to make sure you understand that. So I don't understand when we became a democracy regarding hierarchy. Like that means this it's actually a oxymoron. We have to have hierarchy or we'd be in total fucking we'd be upside down. We're already going that way anyway. We're already fucking trailing as a as a nation and when it comes to the powers of be. So I don't understand why you guys think that we should be allowing the kids, 17 year olds, 18 year olds, 19 year olds to dictate the outcome. They're now dictating what they make financially, where they go institutionally. This is not how football should be operated. There's 50,000 kids in a portal. 50,000. Alabama just had the most kids ever enter the portal. Four and five star kids. Man, there is a total fucking... Total, total... It's a candy store, dog. It is a candy store. I used to love getting on the road recruiting. I used to love getting on the road, going and recruit. Nowadays, these cats are doing it electronically. Can't wait to dive into this thing, man. Uh, I got a good show in store for you. Let's get you started with the quote of the day. Anything that costs you your peace is too expensive. Learn to let it go. Man, if it costs you your peace, let it go. I've talked to so many college football coaches over the last few days and NFL coaches as well. Buddies of mine that are coaching. They're like, JB, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. I don't know if I can get out of this profession fast enough. That That is quote. That is quotes from a bunch of big-time coaches that I'll never say their names, of course. I'm just telling you, this isn't what it was. This isn't what it, we wanted to be. And all you young generation cats and you young kids playing, this is what you want it to be. Just so you know, though, it's imploding in front of our very eyes. College football, as we know it, is going to be done with. I'm just telling you. Like, this is recruiting electronically. Go online, get in the portal. It's like a candy store, 50,000 kids in it. And we can pluck from it. And uh, I don't know, man. If it costs you your peace, it's too damn expensive. Learn to let it go. I let it go. I had to. I'm just telling you. You got to understand if it's costing you your peace, man, it's too fucking expensive. Uh, poll question for today. What did you think of Deshaun Watson's return? Uh, drop that in the comments. I'll take some calls later on as well. Um, and we'll have to, uh, we'll take some calls and get after it. Um, 
Oops. Uh, we'll, we'll take some calls and, uh, you know, see how it goes. Uh, can't wait for that. So make sure you're a member. Best dollar 99 you can spend. Um, contrary to belief, um, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. Head on over to CandidateCBD.com. Your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. I don't understand this shit. If you don't understand that that is a real statement, your beliefs don't make you a better person because we are what we do, not what we say we do. So stop telling me your beliefs. I believe in God and giving back and donating, really. Really. So why do we have so many fucking criminal, crooked politicians and priests if you're so into believing so much? (laughs) I just got to be honest. So your beliefs don't make you a better person. Your behavior does. Bad things shall pass. It may pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. Just understand that. Contrary to belief. Bad things will pass. Just got to understand it. Uh, It may hurt. may put you through some trials and tribulations. But you know what? It will pass. Saying please and thank you go a long way. I don't think you know that. I don't think you teach your youngsters that. I don't ever hear the youth say it anymore. Not only have we become so enabled that everyone is gimme, 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 and now we are giving them the keys to the cars that they don't know how to drive. Now, if you've noticed in society, when is the last time you've heard a youngster say please and thank you? When have you seen them hold your door open? These are the most enabled, selfish Spoiled kids I've ever been around in my damn near 50 years of living. I'm just being real with you guys. And you know what? You all need to look in the mirror, parents, because you're allowing it. I coach it. You allow it. There's a huge difference. I don't know if you realize that, but I think you better start looking at yourself in the mirror because there is a real, real fundamental issue out here right now. And uh, please and thank you go a long way. I like, like I would get backhanded by my pops if I didn't say please or thank you to my mom in a store if she asked me a question. Ah, uh, coach, world's different. It's on the phone now. Okay, so that makes it right. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. It's just common courtesy, respect, which we lack tremendously in America right now, respect is gone, right? Because if it was, if it wasn't gone, we wouldn't be jacking each other. Same race, same creed, same colors. We're killing each other, white on white, brown on brown, black on black, black on white, white on black, brown on white. No, it don't matter. We have no respect. Because if you guys had respect at the household, you wouldn't be running up on people, robbing them from their, for their things. You learn how to go earn your own shit, keep your own stuff. And you know what? You probably feel better if you earn your own shit, but we don't. You want to steal Amazon packages from front doors because you're lazy. You're enabled. Your parents don't tell you the real. They allow you to do whatever you want to do. And now we got 50,000 cats in the portal. 50,000. 50,000. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, 
I didn't see what Joe Court did. I'm sorry. I wasn't in the uh, Coach Sab, new member. I appreciate you. Um, Joe Court, I don't know what you did. I didn't see. Uh, you're always generous, man. I appreciate you. Uh, in the chat, everybody on TikTok, come on over to YouTube. We're live here in the morning. Appreciate you. We blew up TikTok yesterday while we had one of the best shows. Uh, that show's kind of blown up. Over 5,000 views already. Uh, appreciate you. Uh I don't know, man. The transfer portal is just, to me, used to be a, uh, naturally used to be junior college. Coaches used to love to recruit, get on the road, grind. It used to be about the hunt and the gratification to beat out another school on a kid. Now it's done electronically on your computer. You know, go online, get in the portal. It's like a candy store, 50,000 kids in it. We get to pluck from it every day. We've become so lazy in this profession that it has allowed these kids to do whatever they want to do. And, oh, man, I just don't get it, dog. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, we've become so lazy in the profession. Let me just show you a little picture right here. Here's a coach at New Mexico. Almost that time to grab some D-line. Time for portal players to shine. This motherfucker's rhyming about it. This lazy coach right here is rhyming about it. Transfer portal time. Like, that is bragging rights now? I, I, dog, it is something totally... I just cannot understand, man. I just do not understand. Um, uh, I, I just don't get it. Uh, Coach Sav, I've been saying this for a long time. I, I think it's higher than that. Coach Sav said 40% of the kids that don't get plucked end up being homeless. Well, I think it's like 60%, to be honest. I've been doing research on this for a long time. I, 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 got, I got access to the portal. Those kids sit in that portal and just deteriorate. Hoping and wishing while the, the, the place they left from because they didn't want to compete because they weren't the starter got hurt. And that guy could be the starter. Instead, he's sitting in the portal. It is imploding in front of our very eyes, man. I'm just going to be honest. And if I ever were to get a job at one of these big time programs, you know, I doubt that will ever happen. But if it were, I would stay out of the portal and start to show folks how to turn over rocks. But what do I know? See, that's what it's going to take. Who's going to stop the portal? Who's going to stop in the portal? Like, who's going to stop taking them? Who's going to stop taking them? You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take somebody to stop taking them. That's the problem. So I, I don't know if you've seen it or heard about it or any of that. We're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to dive deep into it today. Um, but I got to get into a lot. Well, there's a lot of things to dive into. Uh, but the, the portal has just become, um, uh, the lazy man's treasure chest. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, that's what it is. I don't know if that makes sense. I just made it up, but that is what it makes. That's what it is to me. It's a lazy man's treasure chest. They just go to it anytime they feel like it because there's just so much abundance sitting in there. And we can go in there and hopefully find somebody. I just don't, I'm not into taking damaged goods. Oh, uh, coach, Jalen Hurts wasn't damaged goods. 
Joe Burrow wasn't damaged goods. Do you realize you're talking about kids that were at a program for multiple years and have been under structured environments, especially when you're at Nick Saban's or, or, or one of these? And do you have you realized anything about a common denominator about Lincoln Riley? Have you guys really dove deep into Lincoln Riley and what he's created? So the only non-shitbird that he has coached is Jalen Hurts. And ironically, Jalen Hurts spent a majority of his time where? Under who? Alabama, Nick Saban. He was already tuned, kind of tuned to that mindset. But look at Baker. Look at these Oklahoma QBs that have left Lincoln Riley. How about look at this kid right now who's clowning Dugan for crying on the podium, who who puts fuck Utah on his nails, uh, who's a has horrible body language. You allowed it, Lincoln. You allowed your quarterback, the leader, the face of your program, to put those words on your on their on his nails and you don't think that attributed or contributed to you getting your ass beat in the Pac-12 title game yeah good luck that's probably why you've never been close to winning a natty and you are their homies not their coach that is the common denominator with the Lincoln Riley led organization if you haven't realized Everyone's enamored by, oh, he could score 40 points, coach. He's a great play caller. Well, he's a horrible head coach. He's got a lot of talent and huge programs. He has unlimited resources in Oklahoma, unlimited resources at SC. And what does he do? He gives up 40 a game on defense. They can't tackle at all. He's got horrible discipline. He's got shitbird quarterbacks. And this has been a thing since he's been a head coach. So I just want to throw that out there. But nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to dive deep in it. Nobody really wants to tell the truth. But you know your boy will. Just got to be honest. Just got to be real. Got to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't care if he can ball. That's what you guys don't get. I don't care if he can ball or not. It ain't about that. He is going to be Kyler Murray 2.0. So let's get the common denominator. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Caleb Williams. How about the Rattler kid? How about his shit bird at? Like, dog, look at the kids this guy has coached. There's one common theme. Shit bird. Have you noticed? I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. Uh, Let's get into the show a little bit before... uh, Get into a little bit of this stuff. I want to bring this up. Trey Trey Young. Uh, tensions are rising here uh, in, in Atlanta Hawks uh, world. Uh, apparently, Nate McMillan, who I love to death. Um, I love him to death. He's an old school cat. I think he's a hell of a coach, by the way. Um, did a hell of a job with the Sonics before they transitioned. Uh, he basically told Trey Young to kick rocks. He came out to last night and said he did not say to miss the game, though. So he said he wanted to clarify that. But Trey Young basically said, you know, I want to do my own thing. 
I, I got to be honest with you guys. Like, let's look into all this and correlate it with each other. All right. I'm just getting giving you real talk stuff here because I, you know, I only do real talk stuff. Appreciate everybody in here. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Trey Young already has an assistant coach. Got he got he got him fired. I don't know if you know that. He got an assistant coach fired already. If you didn't know, Chandler Parsons came on his podcast and basically said he got an assistant fired. Trey Young is basically a BMK. And he's doing these things, and he's another kid we've given the keys to, just like KD, Harden. All these different guys that you see, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, look around. Then you go to the NFL, Kyler Murray. Look at his shit for itself. You give 250 mil, Deshaun Watson. Let's correlate all these things together. So let's put this behavior we see with with Trey Young and all these different cats. Let's see that, okay? Let's put that in there. And let's put, let's put the transfer portal in there, NIL in there. Let's put load management, all right? What the NBA has been doing with the Kawhi Leonard's and all this load management shit. Let's put out the opting out of playoff bowl games, all right? Now we're opting out of playoff bowl games. The wide receiver for the Ohio State opts out of the playoff, uh, college playoff. That's the first time for that, which two years ago I said, just wait. You guys think that nobody's going to opt out of playoff games. Watch. And what are they doing? They're opting out of playoff games. And I told you, once you give them too much and you give them the keys to the car and you start making this a player-driven, player-ran hierarchy, that means they control the narratives. I told you, you're going to have a problem. And when the NCAA starts to lose big money because the fans' favorite players are not playing, just wait until you see. You're going to see all of a sudden... They're going to start trying to renege and back out and start to limit the portal, limit NIL. They're going to start limiting transfers. Just wait. Just wait. But we're going to get into it. Uh, portal, NIL, load management, opt-out of playoff games. And we think giving the key, the kids the power is the way to go, huh? That's what you guys think. Because all you younger cats, that's what you want. That's what you want. So... Well, Zach Smith was on my show yesterday, said the kid's perfectly healthy, by the way, Brandon Duncan. And we understand he's been injured all season, but he's he's back. And guess what? He doesn't want to risk it, so he's going to just go to the port. He's going to go play. See, that's the difference in philosophy. That's the difference in ideology. That's the difference in commitments and non-commitment. And you guys now, younger cats, think that it's okay to just walk out. That's what you think is okay. And that is why we will never agree and always disagree. And I'm just telling you, I'm not changing my stance. I'm not changing my mind. I'm just telling you, there is no more dream school, okay? It's about money. And listen, coach, it should be. It should be to an extent. We have abused it. And it's only, and, and the abusing has happened in the last two years. It has been abused to unforgivable it's never coming back not to what it was 
Kids used to think, okay, I have to grind to go to the NFL. I have to do X, Y, and Z. Now you're already making this money. So, hey, Joe, contrary to your belief, I got a couple buddies that coach basketball in the NBA. I've heard Trey Young is an absolute shitbird. So I'm just throwing that out there, bro. You may know him. Do you know him, dog, or have you met him? Let's be clear here. Do you kick it with them, Joe? Do you hang out with them? Do you drink with them? Or do you have you met him? Let's be clear here. A lot of you guys want to say, I know people. No. Do they know you? That's when you know someone. See, when you kick it with them and you've met them and you took a picture, that's one thing. If you actually know him and his family, you, you've known him since he was a baby, that's another I got a few people that have known him since he was a baby, and I've heard nothing but horror stories. So I'm just throwing that out there, dog. I got football coaches that were at Oklahoma. Remember, they're now at USC, good friends of mine. They said he was an absolute shitbird in the dorms. Absolute shitbird. So I don't know what you hear, Joe, and what you know, but there's always two sides of the story. And I'm going to take Nate McMillan's side over this kid. I'm just going to be honest. Because I know too many people that know Nate McMillan. And I know too many things about him. So please, please stop believing what you think you know. Because it ain't true. (laughs) I'm just keeping it real with you. Uh, I know Matt Barnes pretty well, Sean. And that's one of the people I'm actually just talking about. So I'm just throwing it out there. But I ain't going to give too much information out there. Uh, we got a lot to discuss here today. Um, I just want to throw that out there. You got these BMKs out here that's going to just, it's starting to correlate. I just, I'm just trying to tell you, dog. You got NFL players demanding trades under contract. You got load management. You got cats opting out of playoff games. You got cats that just don't want to practice, don't want to do this, don't want to do that. You got 50,000 in the portal. I'm just starting, I'm just saying, it's starting to add up. And I don't know if you realize that or not, but uh, uh, I'm just telling you, dog. Um, let me share, I'm going to share something with you if you haven't seen this right here. Take a look at this. Alabama, yesterday, day one. There's two five-star recruits. There's a four-star recruit. There's another four-star recruit. There's another four-star recruit. There's another four-star recruit. Another four-star recruit. Another four-star recruit. Another four-star recruit. Another three-star recruit. Nine Alabama players entered the portal yesterday, dog. Nine. Nine entered the portal. Nine entered the portal. Uh, You know, I I can't wait to discuss this with Matt, uh, Steve Kim later on. Nine kids entered the portal. And... uh, just trying to tell you, man. Just trying to tell you. Joe, I believe you. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I believe what you're saying. But you know how people are, Joe. 
people smile in your face, stab you in the back. They, they, they smile in your face when you don't really know them. You just kind of are cordial with them. You never really get to know the person. So true colors come out in dormitories. I'm going to tell you right now. Dormitories might tell the truth more than any other place in this planet, especially college kids. They will tell the truth in the dorms. Those eye-in-the-sky cameras don't lie. What happens in those dorms, let me tell you, they don't stay in the dorms. This ain't Vegas. <laughs> Please take it from me. So I'm just telling you. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yes, sir. You can get these polos on CoachJBStore.com. Uh, CoachJBStore.com. I got the last chance Q polos, gray, black, white. I got it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Uh, man, I haven't got to see the the. Uh, I, got, I haven't got to see uh, too much uh, in the in the chat. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Lincoln Riley are boys, so yes, they they they. They do remind me of, of each other uh, very, very much so. Um, so, you know, just throwing that out there. Uh, Coach Sav, yes, I do. I do private one-on-ones. I do clinic, full-on clinics. Uh, I'm actually going to be traveling around, too. I'm supposed to be, I'm headed to Dallas next week for the Army All-American game. I'm coaching in in Dallas at the Star. Uh, my son, Salisbury, uh, Houston Nutt, Scott Frost. We're all coaching together. Uh, at the Army All-American game for a week. Um, so I'll be down there for a week uh, in Dallas coaching that. But I do clinics. I do uh, right here on my – right here I do clinics full-on, DV Sport clinics, staff, move, uh, staff clinics, individuals. We do it all. Sean Salisbury and I are going to start doing it on Patreon as well. So you can follow our Patreon. We have a lot of documentation on Patreon. So um, – I just got here. Um, so, yeah, you can check it out. Our Patreon's in our bios uh, on our social media. So you can check that out um, as well. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, appreciate everybody in here. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, lots to discuss today. I got to get into, uh, I mean, these portal kids are unbelievable. Uh, the four Heisman candidates, uh, move, Ash. The four, the four Heisman candidates finalists, uh, Stetson Bennett, Max Dugan, CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams. Uh, not very excited about it. Not very excited about uh, these these final four. I just, it seems watered down, don't it? Like, it just seems kind of watered down to me. That's just what it is. Like, I look at it, and I'm just like, eh. Caleb's a transfer. CJ stuck it out. Bennett, you know, he's a seven-year pro, basically. <laughs> and Dugan plays with his heart, man. I, if I had to choose, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm taking Dugan because I like his character and I like his – and he could be a total shitbird. Who knows? I don't know him. I do not know him. I got a player on the team. I haven't heard anything bad, but I don't know him. But from what I see compared to what I see from these others, I like him. And I haven't seen anything bad from CJ Stroud. I haven't watched him enough either. Zach would know much more. Um, but having said that, I just like his grit, his guts. Now, I don't think that team should be in the playoff. That's my personal opinion. I don't think I don't think he should be in the playoff. Uh 
I agree with you, Zay. But, you know, this is a soft world we're in now, dog. Transfer portals run the world. We're soft. Uh, half of us think that the portal is good and the kids should be able to do it. 50,000 kids in the portal tell me that we have a world of people that are running from something. We're running from something. Like, our kids are running from something, but no one wants to admit that. Like, we are running from stuff. When you have 50,000 kids in there, then that means we're running from something. And I'm just going to be real. Like, we are running from something. And I just don't understand how you guys can, you don't think that. Like, I don't get why you don't, you, you don't understand that. <laughs> like, 50,000 cats. Dog, that is a lot of humans, okay? Like, I don't even understand, like, now, when I say 50,000, that, that includes Division One and FCS. I just want to be clear, because remember, there's only 133 Division One FBS schools, and then you have a, however many FCS schools, so... You got to do the math on that. Um, there's 50,000 in there. A thousand of a thousand kids entered the portal yesterday um, alone on the, on the day that it opened yesterday. Um, so, you know, you know, I wouldn't have minded, you know, before, I wouldn't have minded to see the running back at Texas be in that mix. Uh, but I also, you know, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's the most dynamic football player in college football, personally. And I think that B. John Robinson at Texas, he led in every statistical category for, for running backs. And then the kid at Michigan did a hell of a job, too. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, hey, hey uh, Wido, I actually said that on a show a while ago. I said that the transfer portal should have its own team and coach themselves. And watch how many fights... How many kids would transfer out of the transfer portal into another transfer portal if they had it? <laughs> like, I'll be honest with you. That's how soft we are. Um, I like CJ Stroud. He, he he's okay. I, I think I, I'm not. I like Bryce Young better. I like the kid Hartman at Wake Forest better. Uh, I like. I like a few kids. Uh, there's a there's a there's rumors out there that the that the May kid um, is supposedly uh, is supposedly is supposedly transferring from Florida State. Now I haven't heard that. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but if it is, man, that is a that is a sad, sad deal. If that's really true, then uh, I, I don't know, man. That's pretty sad, to be honest with you. Um, that's pretty sad if that's really the truth. Because I'm going to be honest, if, if, if that kid's leaving already and everyone already is blowing it up that he's going to be the most sought-after kid in the portal, like, see what I'm saying? We're we're anointing these kids in the portal already. Like, we're anointing them. And I, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. Um, Peter Groff in the house. Has the Heisman just become an award for whomever people think is the best quarterback? I believe so. 
I believe so. Uh, it's always been, you know, NFL MVP is pretty much the same. It's a popularity contest. Uh, so that's kind of what I feel. That's kind of what I think. But, you know, um, what do I know? Um, but we'll see. Uh, this is the issue I have with NFL quarterbacks. And this is why I think we are the, this is why I think quarterback play in the NFL is at an all-time low. Why it's the worst that I've ever seen. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback at Florida, has declared for the draft. Uh, many NFL scouts and people in the profession have said to him, you need to stay and go back to college. So guess what? What do, what do they know? You know more. You're, you're the 19, 20-year-old that knows more than all people. So he's going to enter the draft. He does a pretty tweet about it. And just like the kid at Ohio State who's not going to play in the playoff, they do a little tweet about it, and if that kid balls in the NFL, I'm seriously, I will give you one of my cars. I'm just going to be real with you. Like, I'll give you a whip. Like, something is not, I don't understand how these cats don't understand that they are not even close to being ready. This Anthony Richardson kid watching him is horrible. He is horrible. Cameron, I'm not, I'm not giving you nothing, but I'll give everybody else some. Cameron Lowe in the house. Uh, former player of mine, love him to death. Uh, yeah, Cam, shoot. I'll give you some. I'll give you a cigar, Cam. I'll give you a cigar, dog. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know the TikTok generation, man. We got TikTok right here, 600 people live watching me. Hey, you guys all love the transfer portal, don't you? Let me keep it real. Keep it real. Tell me your thoughts on the transfer portal, everybody on TikTok. I know you guys love it. <laughs> uh, I think the TikTok's my young generation. Some of them are cool people, though. I love some of my TikTokers. A lot of them are just a bunch of BMKs, but it is what it is. Uh. Anthony Richardson, not ready. He's going to go to the NFL. I just got to be honest, though. Like, we're not, we're, not a lot, we're not telling these guys the truth. Like, that's the problem. We're not letting them know the truth. And we just, we and Sean Southbury talked about it last night. Like, we're, these kids are just going around and, and, and thinking they're so good. And really, they're not. They're really not good. But guess what? We won't tell them the truth. We're going to beg them so they don't transfer on us. And guess what they do? Why are we having more transfers than we've ever had? If all the coaches are begging them to stay and allowing them to miss class and allowing them to miss practice and allowing them to do whatever they want to do. You have no integrity as a man. Coaches, you've lost your integrity. You've lost everything that you had. You have given full autonomy to a kid who's never paid a light bill in their life, who's never sent a kid to college, who don't even know how to navigate a freeway, but you are giving them the power to control their own future? How? They don't know where their future even begins. It takes someone with experience to understand it, but the generation thinks because they have TikTok, and they can go on YouTube and Google some stuff, they believe they know what's right and what's wrong. 
And guess what you do, coaches? Guess what you do, parents? You allow it. You allow it to continue to happen. And you have 50,000 kids in the portal. 50,000, dog. Come on, homie. 50,000 kids in the portal. Come on, man. I mean, get out of here. Get realistic. And then you did then and then half of you want to bitch about Dion leaving Jackson State where he made 300k and gave up 150 of it to, to his own staff and Mills? Come on. Miss me with the BS. We're going to get into Dion a little bit more uh with Matt later on and Steve Kim. Uh, the Korean Cosell. Uh, DJ Ugalali has entered the transfer portal. That's my partner. I grew up with his whole family, and I don't, I'll don't. i never learn how to s- pronounce his last name. Um, and I always mess around with him on purpose, so that's why uh, I, I do that. Um, you know, I believe it's because what Dabo said at halftime, all right, uh, DJ was totally engaged with the other quarterback during the game. After the game, I think his parents, his family saw what Dabo said at halftime. And Dabo could have said he could have easily did what what Zach Smith said yesterday. He could have easily said, you know what? We tried to play this kid all year long. He just didn't get it done. So we kept playing DJ. That basically was a slap in DJ's face. And then DJ enters the portal. That's not a Polynesian way. I don't know if TJ's in here or Josh Fele's in here. But, you know, Polynesians, that's not their way. Um, your mom's favorite ginger. What's going on, TikTok? Come on over. Uh, become a member, man. Best dollar ninety nine you can spend. You get to call in, talk to me live, talk some shit. Come on in. Um, nine Alabama transfers today. Uh, that's kind of alarming. Um, but hey. We're gonna talk to my. We're gonna talk to one of my uh, favorite uh, people about the transfer portal this morning. Uh, Matt McChesney is gonna be joining us here. I'm gonna be doing some call-ins. I promise you. Um, Matt, how you doing? You hear me? Uh oh. Uh-oh, Matt, Matt. Come on, Matt. Um, don't tell me that, Matt. We got Matt a laptop. He's been doing well. Um, JM said, I'm so wrong on my beliefs. Politicians and religious leaders. Let me go. Let me get into this guy. Uh, lie and believe in one thing. Self-interest. Their egos have them chasing the dollar, scamming people and chasing that young gash. Whatever that means. Well, if you know what I'm about, you would know I don't believe in priests and politicians. So you're an absolute idiot to think that. <laughs> so if you know anything about me, then you know I don't trust them, believe them, or hear or do or anything is from any politician. So why would my beliefs be wrong? No, my that even solidifies my beliefs, homeboy JM. You sound ignorant. That must be your first time calling in. It must be your first time in my show. Because if you don't know that's what I stand for, then you're an idiot. So you should probably get out. 
Um, yeah, we're waiting on Matt to call back in. We'll see what's going on. Uh, ask him a few things. I don't know where Matt went to. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. This is uh this is kind of interesting. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, you know, it's just one of those deals. Like, if you don't think that the portal is causing some major issues, then I don't believe you really have a grasp on reality. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Nike cut ties with Kyrie Irving. The Panthers released Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield is done. So that was, uh, nobody could see that coming. <laughs> uh, Colorado did hire the Kent State offensive coordinator and O-line coach. So uh, we're going to talk to Matt about that. I know Matt had aspirations of going in there. Um, but, you know, Matt can coach D-line too. Uh Nike cut ties with Kyrie. Texas A&M has 10 or more players in the transfer portal. I heard they had almost 15 players in there. So they had more players in Alabama in there. Um, you know, ah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. Uh AM, man, how do you keep a dude that the kids don't want to play for? I don't care if you paid 30 million. I want to know. I want to know where is the accountability on the head coach when you pay pay him ten million dollars? When you pay the head coach is ten million dollars, and I want to know where the accountability is for that guy because if the kids don't want to play for you, if the kids aren't going to play for you, then. How the hell can you have boosters paying $30 million to kids that don't want to play for the head coach? If you can't raise the funds to get rid of this guy, I can see you're going to have a major problem, dog. You're going to have a major problem. I can't wait to talk to Matt. Hopefully he gets this figured out and gets back in here because I want to talk to him about this whole Dion hate. Everyone seems to be hating on Dion for leaving Jackson State, and I'm just confused as to why. I'm confused as to why. Like, people don't realize this cat had his toes amputated, never really missed the, anything, was on the sideline in a walking boot, chair, stroller, scooter, and then you still stole from him, the man in his own locker. You stole from his desk. You stole from him who gave back everything. I've been there, done that, dog. I understand how exhausting it is. And anyone that stays in that is a fool. I'm just going to be honest. And I hate using that word just like I hate the word hate. I hate to say the word hate. And that's why I say hate the word hate. Uh, I never say I hate you. You never hear me say I hate you. I think that is a word that I just, I think it is the single most uh, 
demoralizing uh, word you can use. I don't hate you. Even though you ha- you may have that sentiment towards me, I don't hate you because I think everything can be rectified in life because I don't believe there's anyone that is solely born in this world just to hate the other person. I don't believe that's true. But um, that doesn't mean I'm going to respect you or that doesn't mean I'm going to like you. I just said I will not say I hate you. And I don't hate you. I don't hate anyone. Anyone that don't, even all my haters, I don't hate them. No, I love them. They're my biggest fans. So, you know, they broke into his son's truck. Yes, they broke into his truck. And listen, I wouldn't have said... When he addressed the team, there's no crime here in Colorado. Now, that was a little bit of a shot because you know what it was when you took the job. Let's be honest. We take the jobs because we know what they are. So let's understand where we are, the dynamic, the demographic, where we're living. You know all those things, and he knew where he was. I would never throw that community or anything like under the bus like he did as far as when he said crime and i know jason whitlock talked on that yesterday with me uh but you know he's got you got there's a lot to do here and unfold in this this thing man he's got to hire a legitimate d coordinator but let me give you a little insight on dion let me give you a little insight all right Dion, Dion Sanders. Um, no, Calvin, I did not see what the president said about Dion. If you know where the link is, let me know. I'll, I'll pull it up. Uh, good or bad? I don't know. Uh, I know he's trying to get Mike Zimmer as his D coordinator. I said that a few days ago. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to get Zimmer. That'd be a huge land for him. But I just you don't you also don't want to bring in a guy every year on defense because you have to reteach and especially in the portal era. Or you can look at it in this facet and fashion and say, you know what? Um, let's bring Matt in. Matt, you hear me? Uh huh. Good, my man. Uh, hey, let me give you. I'm, I was just bringing up something. I'm just ad libbing here. I don't know if this is true or not, but I think Mike Zimmer is a huge get for Dion if he can land him on defense. Uh, I know Mike pretty well. He's a great defensive coordinator, great human. Uh, he's an asshole. He gets after it. He's intense. He's a defensive That's coordinator that you want, right? That's the guy. Did you play for him? No, I never played for Zim, but I mean, I know him obviously. Let me get this. Let me get this take from you. Like, I just thought of it while I was speaking. Like, I've always been a guy where I don't want a lot of turnover because I want to make sure I got my guys in my program. So I want them to learn every spring and every fall and every summer the same terminology, same ideology. But I was just thinking, I was like, shit, that's not what we have anymore. Because now we have portal kids every spring are new. It's basically a new team every spring. So maybe it ain't a bad thing to have a guy like Zimmer come in for one year, go back to the NFL. You bring in a new D coordinator because you're going to have new kids every spring in this turnover environment of a, of a portal that has 50,000 kids in it. 1,000 kids entered the portal yesterday on the first day of it opening. Like, like this is like a sell, like a sales pitch. Open house. Let's go. Everybody just runs to the portal. Uh, Alabama got nine kids in the portal, three five-stars, four four-stars, three three-stars. I'm just like, A&M has 15 in the portal. Miami has 13. 
Um, what's your take on that? You think turnover doesn't matter anymore because of the turnover in the kids? So you can hire new DCs every year and just pay them big money and they go back to the NFL, you lose them, so be it. You bring in a new guy? I mean, I, I yeah, I, this is what it is. I mean, uh, unfortunately, there's no more building. It's everything's now. So it's going to, it's going to, you know, restrict the amount of time coaches get to build programs. You know, people want now they watched SC go four and eight to 11 and two and win the Heisman off of a coach and a quarterback. So it can be done and replicated other places. Colorado's going to try and replicate it in, in Boulder. And I think they're going to be successful. Um, getting Mike Zimmer as your defensive coordinator, even if it is only for a year, I assume he'd do more than one year um, would be, Incredible. Fucking incredible. I mean, the staff that Prime's putting together is nuts. Getting Lewis from Kent State, getting him to leave a head coaching position to come be the OC is huge. Keep in mind, Kent State was like the literally the only team that chopped up Georgia this year a little bit when they played. Uh, and I think that resonated a lot with Coach Prime. Um, you know, so they're going to keep building that staff up there and and we'll, we'll see what happens when they fill out the rest of it. But it's it I'm I'm in football heaven right now, bro. Like just watching the caliber of player they're going after, the guys who are interested in the program now, it, it takes me back to the way it was and the way that I think it should be. So um I <laughs> I read something on Twitter this morning before we came on uh about people being really sensitive about him telling everybody he's gonna make them quit. I saw your video. What I, I didn't get to. I saw your video. I tweeted it. But what what, it what are people saying? Well, everyone's like disgruntled, and they're well, not everyone, but there's a large contingent of people that are just super soft, and they're like, "Oh, well, those kids went to see you and suffered through one and 11. I'm like, "You're not suffering. You're part of it. You were on the team. That's not suffering. No one's forcing you to be there." But it's just this loser mentality, this really soft loser hobby town mentality that we have here in this state uh, and, and just around the, the culture of the program, unfortunately, over the last two decades where, you know, feelings are bigger than the focus of winning. And, you know, if you, if anybody's, you know, rough feathers are ruffled a little bit, or, you know, somebody's mom's disgruntled because it, her kid didn't get enough orange slices at halftime, then, you know, everybody needs to write a, a, a harsh email and get on Twitter and voice their opinion on how mean he is. But Coach Prime coming out and saying, look, the offseason is going to be ruthless and we're going to try and make you quit is exactly what I say to everybody that walks in my facility every day. It's what I said to this fuck boy last night that showed up, wasted an hour of my time, and then, you know, was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then got home, looked at himself in the mirror and was like, yeah, I'm not doing this shit. I'm scared shitless. So it's the, the mentality is totally different now. It's not just like, oh, well, maybe I can get offered from Colorado if I'm in Denver and I can go to school for free and go up there and enjoy my time in the Pac-12. Nah, CU is now a football factory again, and NFL players are want to going to want to go there, and NFL players aren't there to just have a good time and, like, you know, hope we win. Everybody in the room is focused on trying to get to the league. So if we have to run a soft guy out of the room or we have to isolate someone who's holding us back because he's he's soft and he's not supposed to be there, uh, then that's what's going to happen. So I, I think it's a huge step in the right direction. And to be completely honest with you, all these feelings don't have a place in football, bro. I mean, save your goddamn feelings for your soap opera at 10 a.m., lady.
No, I hear you. Uh, one of the fans, one of the, the fans, one of the uh, loyal members here, Joe, uh, he's asking, uh, is Dion going to be a big player in the portal in the first year? Well, we already saw it. He's already, la he's already landed, guys, yesterday. Uh, he's got more coming in today. I mean, right when we get off the phone, I've got multiple phone calls with him and his team about like six or seven other kids that are in the portal that are from Colorado. Uh, you know, he there were multiple meetings last night. Mike Norvell flew in from Florida State to try and court Casey Roddick. I had Casey up there in Boulder talking to them beforehand, trying to connect the dots. So th this shit is getting crazy, man. And look, I don't work for CU. So I work for Six Zero Academy, and I work for my guys. And my first priority is making sure my guys are, are fulfilled and they're whole. So <clears throat> if Colorado wants to go recruit these guys and get them, cool. If not, these they're going to play them. And that's, you know... I know Coach Prime's dropping a bunch of commits and whatnot. They watch the tape, and they don't think they fit the system that they run, and they're dropping them. It's what it is. So I'd rather have the coach be ruthless and honest than <clears throat> be one of these, you know, bitch-made cats, as you always say, that talk behind your back and don't really tell you the truth and, you know, hold the program back and hold it hostage just because of their feelings. So, I, bro, I'm I'm, uh, I'm like, I, we all, I almost forgot what it was like to like be associated with a program that is on the up because it's been so goddamn long. Nah, I hear you. Um, here's the issue though. Like, and I know we disagree, we agree and disagree with the portal stuff. I know you, I, I agree with you on the tr grad transfer thing. I always have Russell Wilson did it. Nobody had an issue. Uh, he was the first one to do it. Now I believe it's just becoming a free for all. And I just don't know. I just see the college football as we know it imploding. Uh, it's become an electronical approach. It's like it's like a candy store, Matt. Like we can pluck from it at any time now because we know how many are in it. And and back in the day, Matt, when we it, it feels good to be wanted, Matt. I I used to get a hard on beating you out for a kid on the road, going into the home. Out recruiting another program, right? Like Colorado getting Darian Hagen from going to SC and UCLA. That was a big fucking deal. Like oh, that yeah. should have been that should have been like that is a thing that gives you goosebumps. I'm getting them right now because recruiting is the blood life for the program. Nowadays, though, this is what it is. Transfer portal almost that time to grab some D-line. Time for the portal players to shine. This motherfucker's rhyming about it at New Mexico. Yeah. And I'm just like. What it is. I it mean, is what it is. And I'm just like, damn, dog. Like 50,000 kids between FBS and FCS. Let's be clear here. But still. I think it makes it, it, makes it even more difficult uh, for high school guys. And I don't know. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that there's a lot of people that really need to evaluate the way that they're preparing to go do this business. And if you're a half, if you're a one foot in, one foot out type, if you're halfway invested, you're it, there's not going to be enough spots for you, bro. I'm sorry. If you don't fit the the chart, if you don't have height, weight, speed, agility, foot speed, hip flexibility, you know, hamstring flexibility, shoulder flexibility, if you don't check all these boxes, they're going to move on to the next guy and the next number and find somebody that does. So let me let me ask you this, Matt. Let me ask is, you this. Man. On a I mean, the portal is what it is. Let me ask you this on a serious note. What happens when the portal runs dry? Oh. Meaning, meaning this, 
either they put a stipulation on it because eventually this is going to implode every every which way between the NIL and the portal. When you when you're going to have more people in the portal than you have on teams and rosters, um, they're going to have to find they have to find a way to get these kids representation because people are making emotional rash decisions, and that's why NFL players have agents. Most right, but now be with this. So let me ask you this. When is high school and junior college going to dry up? And then if the portal dries up, you have nowhere to fish. There's no more waters to fish. The food is gone. Like, that is not too many years away, Matt. Like, you know as well as I do, you're in the business still. I am not. I have my ear on the fire, but I don't, I'm not talking to kids every day and coaching kids like you are. These kids come to you. You know how they are. I see your posts. I mean, half of them want to want the easy way out. The other ones pay you to get it, get it right, and get get you to get in their ass, and and, and they understand what it is. Uh, but fifty thousand in the portal. I'm not going to say every one of them um, are running from competition, but we know a large majority is. When does it dry? When does it run dry? I don't think it'll run dry. I think it'll get bigger. Unfortunately, I think that. It's but going, high school's going to run dry. Yeah, well, I think it's going to kill JUCOs. JUCOs is already dead. Yeah, I think it's going to kill JUCO. I think it's going to kill. It's going to kill some of these lower level schools. It's just they're not going to have the money to compete. Um, and on top of that, I think that it. How do I say this? I'm not saying it's a good thing, but if you go in the portal and you make an uneducated, rash decision and you do not do your homework. I say this all the time, and I mean it. In the information age that we live in, ignorance is a goddamn choice. So if you want to make a rash decision banked up based on your emotions as a young man, and you know the stress and the, the bullshit that comes with the, recru- the recruiting uh, process when you're in high school, you overcome that, you earn a scholarship, you go somewhere, and then you figure out that it's a huge business and they're actively trying to replace you all the time and everything that goes into it, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I miss mommy's chocolate chip pancakes and I want to go home. So you get in the transfer portal with no film and and absolutely no support. And, you know, who knows you? It's almost like you're in a worse position because now you're not ranked. You don't have stars. You're not playing. You didn't have anything on tape. So, it, it you know, if these kids make these fucking rash emotional decisions – they have to deal with the consequences that come with it. I'm sorry, but the this is the Darwin part of football is survival of the fittest. If you make a shitty decision, that shitty decision can be what keeps you from your ultimate goal because you were emotional at 19 years old as a redshirt freshman. So I personally think everybody needs to be able to hire agents um, to help them through this process because not having representation or the fact that I have to like charge some broke college kid rather than taking a percentage like I should to help them is fucking ridiculous. So I I totally disagree. I think agents with these kids, uh, it has has to happen. These guys don't know how to manage their money. They don't know how to do any of this. I agree. That's why, but uh, that's the full thing. Like I, 
I think the whole between the money and then agents and all these with these kids, I just think it's so I think we're headed down a path, dog. We're never going to be able to return from. We are, I, and we can't return from it, but we have to have a way to get them representation or they're going to get taken. I, I think that agents are only in this thing like they're lawyers. So, so we agree. Agents are lawyers. Absolutely. They are lawyers. They are lawyers. So yeah. lawyers are I, I have four great ones, but I'll tell you right now, they'll eat their young. Oh yeah, that's why that's why you are your lawyer, right? So understand, they don't give a fuck about that kid and his future and what he's doing. He cares about getting that kid some money so he gets his three or ten yeah, percent. What he's fucking paid to do. So I don't, yes. I don't want him. I don't care if he fucking cares about me. I care about if he yes. But here's my issue. At what point do we are we just gonna say, well, what the fuck are we playing college football for then if they're already professionals? Because this these lawyers are telling these lawyers are telling this Ohio State wide receiver not to play in a playoff game. Which I disagree with. I think if you're in the playoff, you should play for a title. But I said, but, it, Matt, I said two years ago, dog, NIL in the portal is gonna cause cats to not play in a playoff. And everyone said no. He no. should be clean. They're going to miss bowl games. They're never going to miss a playoff game. Oh, yeah? Well, well you saw. I, I, never, I never thought a kid would fucking uh, like miss out on an opportunity to go win a title. But, oh, I did. but I, I, you know, I knew that they would switch from bowl games. A, a, a fucking an exhibition game, if you're a first-round draft pick, isn't even smart. I would just go to the league. But if you're in the playoff, you should be playing. This is the, He's their best receiver, too. Well, that's not true. Harvin Harrison Jr. is a fucking animal. But this is the kid that came in last year in the Rose Bowl and had like fucking three yards. Oh, yeah, he's a fucking good player. But look, but I said to you, he's making an economic decision. Yeah, I said this thing's going to implode, though. At at what point, though, do the people that pay the money, the fans that go to these games to watch your best players play and you're not playing? When do they stop going? When do you start losing money? When's the NCAA say, oh, fuck, we need to backpedal here. We're losing our ass because no one's going to – people are eventually going to stop caring if, you're, if your fucking best players aren't in the playoff. Well, Imagine an NCAA basketball tournament and fucking nobody shows up. None of your main players are going to go to the NBA. We're not going to show up for the NCAA well, March. I mean, this, is, this is just one guy, so we'll see what happens with everybody oh, else. You, you already know, brother. It's well, happening now. Again, it's mean, only one guy, so when I see more yeah. people jump it in. Only takes one. Well, okay, so when more people start following this, this guy's lead, then I will elaborate on that. But I will say this. You know, there won't be no elaboration, bro. It's gonna be out of spiral, out of control. That's what's it, happening right now. When it, it when it happens, I will elaborate on it more. There's only one dude doing it, so if someone else decides to skip the playoff to go to the league, then that's a trend. Um, I'll say this: Pete Carroll back in the day always used to say, "Why would I go to the NFL where I get one first round draft pick when I can stay here and get 15?" So the good thing about this is. Ohio State can reload the wide receiver position pretty quick. It's not like anybody's going to not go to the playoff game because this fucking guy, I can't remember his name, decided not to play. Um, that said, I it sets a precedent that this isn't as important as getting paid. And to be completely honest with you, it's not. So that I would never do this. I would play, but obviously his team and his representation and the people in his corner and himself think that they don't want to play and they don't want to risk it. Now, if I'm a talent evaluator in the NFL, if I'm a GM, there's no way I'm bringing this kid into my team. Absolutely no. 
but somebody's going to because he can play. So it's it's just a matter of you know the individual and what it is the situation. So I disagree with it, but I mean, what the fuck, man? He's got everybody's got to make their own decisions in this regard. Um, yeah, I just think it's blowing college football up. It's just not it's not what we know it as. But anyway, let me ask you about Tom Brady. Is he still a guy that can win a Super Bowl this year? Um, I think he can win a Super Bowl this year, but his team is pretty bad. His offensive line is tore up. I mean, he's old, but he looked pretty good last night for three minutes at the end when it mattered. Um, hey, how do you score three points all game and then you score fucking 14 in the last three minutes? Uh, turnovers and miscommunication by New Orleans and them thinking they had the game sewed up. I think when Ryan Jensen comes back, if he ends up coming back this year at a high level, that will give Tom some comfort. They'll have some depth there at the position. Um, you know, Tristan Wirfs is out. He's the best right tackle in football. Uh, their left tackle last night was getting fucking murdered oh, by Cameron Jordan. I mean, just absolutely annihilated. Um, but he kept playing. He had that holding penalty at, at the end to take the touchdown off the board. And then Tom did it again and got another touchdown. So, look, Tom is great. We know that. He's old as shit right now. That said, he's still great. And he pulled his team to 500. And last year, I watched the 7-7 seven and seven Cincinnati team catch fire and go to the go to the Super Bowl. So, do I think they can win the Super Bowl? Uh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't think they're as good as they've been, but they'll win the South and they'll host a playoff game. They might be able to win a game in the playoffs. But Tom, Tom's yeah. gone all season, bro. He's he's out of there. Oh yeah, you could. He doesn't even look happy if I, if you watch him. I to me, yeah, he looks he doesn't look, like at the end of the game he did. He looked like fuck yeah, you know, let's fucking go that whole thing. But yeah. during the game he looks miserable, don't he? I don't know. I just look at mannerisms. I I sit there and I'm just like fuck, dude. He doesn't look very hey, happy. Guys. He's getting divorced and shit, and I'm sure his no ex wife is being no real cool. Uh, it was his daughter's birthday. He gave a little shout out. He was twenty. He was thirty six of fifty four. I just think they're throwing the ball too damn much with him. Uh, you, as you know, Matt, you play both sides of football. You know, a guy that's not running the football very much on offense. We're pinning our ears back now. We're actually we're we're we're, lock, we're trying to lock out. Explain this to people. I don't know. We don't need to get into coaching, but we're trying to lock out, and now we're peeking at motherfuckers as a D-line instead of rush the pass. Now we're trying to pin our ears back and play the game and get our hands in passing lanes, and he got oh, three right. balls added. I mean, we're just throwing about 55 times. Jordan, Jordan was doing last night. Every quick game, if he knew it was coming, he would pass, rush, stop, bam. They almost picked off that one at the end. Yeah, I almost picked you know, off the end. He was a foot away from fucking picking it. Cameron Jordan last night was outstanding. He was giving, he was giving Dwayne Brown the fucking – business yeah he got so, hurt last night too i think you know I, the, the saints did you like the black helmets is that what that is that what they ride i didn't even know the, the, the saints wore black helmets last night yeah with that gold stripe and i think they had the what is that called the the saint symbols of fruit of leaf like it, i think it was all around the helmet little tiny gold ones and then one big one i i think they're i i kind of liked them a little bit maybe i don't know i'm torn i want to see what they look like with an all-black uniform but Neither here nor there. You know, that's a heated rivalry down there. The, the Bucks have always struggled with, with the Saints, especially Brady. He's always struggled with New Orleans. Uh, so, you know, I think that they're a playoff team, definitely. He's going to finish 6-6. Six and six. And then it's just a matter of what position uh, he can put himself in moving into next offseason. So, 
I personally think that Tennessee and San Francisco are the two landing spots. What do you think? Ooh, Tennessee. I, I, you think he's going to play next year? I do. Wow. I don't think he's going to play. Um, oh, you think he's going to retire? Yeah, I think he's going to take that $375 million and get his ass in that booth. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to do one or two more years, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he goes to Tennessee, reunites with Vrabel, starts handing the ball to Derrick Henry, brings in one or two receivers, and then the Titans, in my opinion, are the best team in the AFC. Yeah. Um, Prime hired his OC as a head coach. Uh, the O-line coach came with him, I think, right? I have no idea what they're doing with O-line yet. They haven't, they haven't identified the O-line coach yet. I, th- I thought I just read that he's the O-line coach from there is coming. Um, yeah, I as of, I as of right now, it's just the O.C. Lewis, but I don't know that yet. Yeah. So. Um, let me ask you this. Mike it White, me. I should be the O-line coach up there. Fuck. No shit. Or at least D-line. Uh, no, I think they're bringing in uh, the defensive line coach from A&M. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's, he's a good coach. He recruits his ass off. Um, let me ask you this. Mike White or Zach Wilson? Do you trade one of them? What are you going to trade? Jazz, former alum. P-Funks? Huh? What are you going to get for Zach Wilson? A pack of Parliament, Parliament Funkadelics or something? You're going to get a fucking, you're going to get some Swishers, some backwoods. Mormon Milfunner? That fucking bum. What are you going to trade for him? A rat? Well, I mean, Shit. that's what I'm saying. Like, do you keep him because he's first round, or do you fucking get rid of this dude in year two? I think, I, I mean, I think that these quarterbacks that get all these opportunities just because their first round is laughable. Um, I, I look, can the kid play? Yeah, he can spin it, but the team is way better under White. They perform better under Flacco, but Wilson also beat Buffalo, so I'm torn, bro. As a, as a Jet alum. And fan, I think that they have a ton of potential, and the quarterback carousel that they're going through right now is holding them back a little bit. It's going to be the reason why they lose in the playoffs, honestly, if they can get there. So I I would take White over Wilson, but in reality, I think we just need to find a quarterback, and none of those three is the guy. You got a lot of support here in the chat. Everyone's going crazy. CU needs to hire uh, Matt. Matt needs to be at CU. Da-da-da. So you got a lot of support here. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, the NFL draft order, if it ended today, it would look like this. The Texans, 110-1, would get number one. Um, do they draft a quarterback? They have to. Yes. 100. They've got another first rounder, too, if I remember correctly, somewhere in the top eight or seven or eight picks. So yes, who would I draft first, man? That's shit. That's tricky. I mean, it'd have to be... Right, CJ, CJ or Young, right? I mean, those are probably the top two prospects. Uh, the kid from Kentucky fell off. He's not the first pick. Um, yeah, those, those are the guys that first come to mind, right? I mean, I, I don't see how you pass up on one of those guys if you have that pick, especially if you have another one within the top 10, 12 picks of the draft. And maybe you can go get the best defensive player on your board also um, to, to – match up with Singletary Jr., who they drafted last year from LSU at the corner. So that's that's what I think they should do. I, personally, I mean, shit, man, if they don't figure out a way to hit on quarterback, it's just going to continue this, you know, trail of ineptitude. So 
let me let me ask this. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. How do we know Davis Mills isn't the guy if their roster is so fucking bad? We don't. He's a good player. I, I, I do. I agree. I, I think so, too. I didn't know if you thought that. I think he's could play. But how do you know when you have a roster that's so fucking inept? Like, you have a roster that's so bad and a coach that looks like he, he should be back at fucking Illinois. I don't. I love Lovey Smith, but he just seems like he's a little bit out of sorts. Yeah, uh, he's just there. He's a play holder. Yeah, I I don't know, man. You're just going to keep redrafting fucking quarterbacks, and I just don't know if that's the way. How about I go get a big-time left tackle and a fucking tight end and a fucking corner? I mean, start building a franchise because you keep getting the same fucking quarterbacks. I, I don't know. I just uh, Let me bring my boy Steve Kim in. Uh, Steve, what's up, man? Morning. Hey, uh, uh I didn't see you on Whitlock yesterday. I kind of uh, I kind of disagree with Whitlock a lot on the Dion stuff because I was like, you know, as a coach, you got to be a little different. Matt and my Matt's a former alum. Obviously, he he agrees with the deal. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, TJ kind of thought he it was the worst speech ever. Uh, what what what's your take? Look, the team's one and eleven. Right. Uh, you're you're. <laughs> There's a lot of players that are not going to be there. There's two ways to do this. I, re- I remember a great story. Andy Russell, who was with the Steelers the first two Super Bowls, he said that Chuck Knoll's first meeting. Now, now Chuck had a different personality than primetime, but Chuck Knoll said, look, look, guys, just want you to know one thing. I'm here to work hard. We're going to win here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Reality, a lot of you will not be here when that happens. Hell yeah. That's the truth. Now, the other one wasn't, and Matt, you'll appreciate this. is a couple years after he graduated. And, and I said this to, to Whitlock yesterday. One of my favorite rants of all time from a football coach was Dan Hawkins. And I'm and I guess a couple of player uh, players' parents were complaining about Dan had them in camp too long or work, and he blurted out, Big 12 football! It's Division One. This ain't intramurals, brother. And he went to point out that, hey, you signed up for this. This is college football. And I think that's Dion's way of saying, look, if you want to win, uh, the strong will survive and those who stay will be champions. I, I don't know if my speech would have been much different, I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of set the tone, dog. Like, well, I, I mean, I wish Dan Hawkins would have actually lived what he preached because he was yeah, well, more as a coach. Well, he uh, put his son at quarterback, too. But, I mean, <laughs> but I think- he, he just he, – he, he talked a lot. He talked a good game, but holy hell, he was a bad coach. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think that what Dion's doing right now is productive. It's sparking – conversation it's sparking controversy people it makes people a little uncomfortable his swag and confidence and his presence makes you know beta you know pushovers uncomfortable and one of the, my favorite things about prime time uh is the fact that he's unapologetic for being who he is if, if his confidence and swagger makes you uncomfortable that's your problem that's not his problem that's not prime's problem so I uh, I think that there's the potential of this is I think like the the sky isn't even the limit. There is no ceiling to how good this entire situation could end up. I agree. Uh, hey Steve, NFL real quick. Uh, Matt, how long do I have you? You got it here. Five minutes. Uh, 
Texans, if the if the if the if the draft were today, Steve, I was just asking Matt, the Texans would be one ten and one. They get the first pick. Do you just go back to the same old shit? You get another quarterback and no. just keep doing it? Or no. Mills. There is no consensus number one. There's no Andrew Luck. There's no John Elway in this draft. I'm just I telling you, I, I actually think David Mills Mills has some ability, but he needs to be developed. If I am the Texans, I say, okay, we are open for bidding. Send us a package, extra picks, give us a starter or two, and let's do this. But unless there is that bona fide number one quarterback that you absolutely love, which I don't think there is this year, I think there's a lot of system guys, a lot of guys that are going to have to be involved in the NFL quarterbacks. I wouldn't go that direction, guys. So is it C.J. Stroud or Young? I mean, are those really the only two that we're talking about? Is there a dark I like Hartman at Wake Forest. I yeah. think he's say, but is he going to jump to first? Right. That, that's a reach. See, that that's the guy. If you like Hartman, Coach, you got to figure out where does Hartman stand in the top ten and he's how do we get back enough. there? He's not sexy enough. That's the problem. You got to have the sex appeal in these in these man in these GMs now. What what keeps Caleb Wilson from painting his nails and sitting out? <laughs> don't give him any ideas, Matt. Don't don't give him any ideas. What oh, oh, Caleb Williams at SC. Yeah. yeah. What keeps him from being like, look, I'm, if he walked out this year, he would 100% be the first pick. So I mean, yeah, opinion, all all he can do is hurt himself going back to school, right? <laughs> There's no doubt, but that it's going to come to that one day, though. Matt, that's actually going to come to that where a guy's going to just sit out his third year. I have a question. Do you think there's anyone as good as Trevor Lawrence? He puts him off. Is there anyone as good as Trevor Lawrence in this draft? Right. Um, uh, Caleb Williams no. is pretty good, but he's not in this draft, so. I see. I personally think Bryce Young has a more of an NFL future than Caleb Williams. I mean, the Texans will probably do some mm. dumb shit like draft the receiver first. Hey, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say it on record right now. Caleb Williams is Tyler Murray 2.0. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's not good. But that's five inches good. taller. In all yeah. fairness, about four or five inches taller. Uh, he's not, not his nails, though. His nails. Williams, from everything I know. Everything I know from Caleb Williams, he is king shitbird, and it is a common theme amongst Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Caleb Williams, fucking Spencer oh. Riddler, shitbirds. Okay. So, I mean, Lincoln Riley is their homeboy. Like, so on my nails and go out and play as my leader as quarterback. That's allowed by the head coach, bro. Yeah, well, shitbirds feed shitbirds. You know the issue. Well, yeah. let's, let's go through these quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud. I'm just telling you, there's a pattern with Ryan Day, Ohio State quarterbacks. Yeah, there's. It's almost like it's such a quarterback-friendly system. They play with unbelievable talent outside. They've never translated. Uh, Bryce Young's a little small. Size That's might be an issue. Saying. He's going to get murked. He's right. He's thin. He's not small. And Let's... then he tries to extend all these plays. And I'm just telling you, every I've said this before to Whitlock, every pass play is like a grenade, and you pull the pin, you better have a fast internal clock at that next level. One, okay? two, three, four, five, seven, eight, ten, run! Get out! Yeah, exactly. You got to get that thing out of it blows up. And by the way, Matt, this was a great weekend for Coach JB content. Caleb Williams pulls a hamstring because he tries to be a running back. Uh, Justin Fields has a great run, but then he's unproductive. <laughs> and then Lamar Jackson gets hurt. I'm thinking on Sunday. 
Man, Coach JB has a whole month just of content now, just <laughs> just on those forty-eight hours. They're making the job too easy. They're just force they're force feeding all of this insanity to us, and it's like alley oop, alley oop, and we're over here like yakak, yakak. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Hey, great, Steve, back to the Dion thing thing. before Matt gets out of here. Uh, Everyone's bashing Dion in the media, Black Twitter, all the all these other folks are bashing him on this. Black Twitter is this but, something I don't understand. Am I? Yeah, I, nobody talking about this Twitter? though. But this is okay, right? Everything's okay with this. <laughs> I I just don't understand. I like I'm like I'm like, hey man, this guy has an opportunity and the right to go chase a bag too, right? Well, okay, this is where he, see, this is the argument. This is the argument, and I don't agree with it completely. He said, and his selling point was, me coming to the HBCU in Jackson State was a calling. And he made it a cultural issue about us building. In other words, this is going to be a black enterprise, a black industry based on us. And we're going to set our foundation. And then a lot of his recruiting pitch was, hey, let's play with us. We're the talent. We're the ones. So He's the one, and that's where people are getting stuck on. I don't think it's just about him leaving, but I will say this. Dion does not get enough credit for this. He gave back a good portion of his salary back to the program for facilities, okay? Um, he did a lot of the legwork that other coaches didn't have to do. And another factor is, and, and people were doing videos on this, I didn't know this, but during his first game, I guess his office or his locker room got broken into. A car got broken into. his money twice. Ugh, God. Yeah, so who wouldn't want to be in beautiful Boulder? I just love the fact, Matt, and Boulder must be nice. Tell me, he says, boy, I love Boulder. What a nice neighborhood. <laughs> hey, the only problem I have is, like, Dion knew what he was getting into when he took to Jackson State. He knows the crime, the demographic. He kind of threw a shot when he said, I'm here in Boulder, no crime. And I think he threw a shot because, hey, but I'd be pissed too. I got my shit stolen. My son's car got broken into. Like, fuck. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a it's an interesting deal, man. I know, Matt. Like, fuck, you get my yeah, shit stolen too. I'm like, what do you want me to say? Like, you're not going to get mugged or fucked with. Like, it's really nice here and shit. People are cool. Everything's legal. You don't get fucked with. It's awesome. You know, I, I will say this, though, Matt. The one thing that Dion signals to me, and Miami went through this before they hired Mario Cristobal because they went through a malaise, and they're still in it, that I didn't know this. You spoke about if Colorado was putting restrictions on transfers, how you can do in the JUCOs and the NI. I'm just telling you, college football today is an arms race. And if your school president and the administration and the provost and all the regents are not aligned, and their mission is we are going to play big-time college football, we're going to put money in their resources, and we give a damn. Unless you have that from the top, and I guess to me, Colorado's saying, okay, it's prime time. It's finally their way of saying, okay, we're going to go back to the McCartney days. We're going to give a damn about this. And that's the best sign for Colorado football. They are now back in the big time. Yeah, it makes me happy, and it it also puts them in position here. Before I, I get off the show, when that when the Big Ten comes to calling and they go, "You ready?" Yeah, that that it puts us in position now with Dion and the hype to be an asset to the conference rather than just a TV market. Because I, I yeah. really truly believe, and I'm pretty I'm pretty locked into this up there. Like when I when I know some shit and say it, I'm not just talking shit. 
So I truly believe that Utah and CU will be Ooh. invited to the Big Ten at some point. Matt, you know what's interesting? People talking about Colorado's a terrible road. They had about, and I'm not telling you, they had about a 20-year stretch where they were relevant. They won a national yeah. title. From, from 90s, from like 90s, or 96. From like 80, 80, 88, 89 was the first great year. They beat Nebraska in 86, 2010, when Nebraska was ranked first. Uh, that was the first jump off, in my opinion. And then from that point until, I mean, shit, I, when I was a senior in 2004, that's the last time we won a bowl game. That 20-year so stretch. That's disgusting. But at the same time, that's what it is. Like from that 86 to 2004, 2005, that was the Mecca. And it can be done again. Yeah. People talk about this. This is like Vanderbilt of the Rocky Mountains. It's not. It's just, again, when a program does not have, have the support from all the way to the school president, because I, it's funny, when you go to these schools, and I know people that do this for a living, if you don't have one of those multi-million dollar football facilities and the fancy locker rooms, you're, you're not in the game. You think you're in the game, but you're really not because it is a hard or difficult to attract talent. Dion by himself will give Colorado one or two five-star players a year. And, and up year, and down. Hey, Kim. Yeah. We committed like five guys that are all four and five stars over the last two so, days. So there's going to be an influx of talent that has not been seen at Colorado since the, probably the eight, late 80s with Bill McCartney. Thank God. <laughs> hey, Thank man, you. I appreciate no. you, dog. Don't go fucking cut somebody out. I'll see you later. <laughs> you damn right. Let's go. Peace. Later. Later, bye. Hey, Steve, let me ask you something. I was asking him. Mike White or Zach Wilson, do you trade one? Well, the thing with Zach is what can you get for him? A That's, six what, Matt pack? That's what Matt said. But he's a first-rounder. Like, like, I, I don't I think, Look, let, Mike, let me ask you this, Steve. Let me ask you this real quick before you answer that. Based on what you just said coming out of college – if you're a GM or a head coach for, let's say, a, a team like, uh, well, fuck, these backups have proven to be so good. Like, in, uh, I, I would use, like, Carolina. They got rid of Baker. Do you take a Zach Wilson or do you draft an unknown? I would draft an unknown. Damn. I, I See, don't like Zach thing. Wilson's approach to the game. And, again, I'm not saying I don't know if he works hard or not. I'm not in that locker room. But the way he answered those questions after that loss a couple of weeks ago and the fact that I believe that Salah had to make a move, not just based on his play, that he was oh, this man. close, Coach, to losing that locker room if he didn't oh, yeah. bench that kid. No doubt. That said a lot. A no lot. No question. And Mike White, look, he put up decent numbers. He missed some throws. He missed Garrett Wilson on a streak route that would have put them ahead late. But Mike White at least makes more of the routine plays, right? Not the great throws, not the fan, but just the routine throws. And you know what? The wide receivers seem much happier. They're putting up numbers. Garrett Wilson is a star in the making. If he just has competent quarterback play, the issue with Zach Wilson is, look, he's still on his rookie contract. There's been no real sustained success. I'm not even so sure he has a value to any team. Um. I agree. I got a take. I got a, I got a hot take, all right? If we look at all this shit that's piling up, 50000 in the transfer portal, compile that with NIL money, load management 
in the NBA. People don't want to play. Opting out of playoff bowl games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State wide receiver just did, which I said two years ago, NIL and Porto is going to start. And Nick Saban was like, oh, well, no one's ever going to sit out of a, ball, a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I go, bullshit. <laughs> two years ago, watch. And, and Matt says, well, it's only one. I said, it only takes one. Now you're going to have everyone doing it. Um, and then you have, like, these fucking guys like uh, Trey Young. Uh, he's having tension with, uh, with, with, with our Nate McMillan. Um, let me ask you, uh, I see that this is just adding up amongst, it starts at youth, goes to high school, college. Now it's in the NBA and the NFL, uh, NFL players demanding trades under contract. Um, where, when does it end, man? 50,000 in the portal. I mean, like. And eventually, JUCO is going to be non-existent. High school recruiting will be done. And it is just the generation that we live in. We're allowing it over and over and over. When are we start cutting? When are we going to coach it, Steve, and say enough is enough? Because if I get the job at UNLV tomorrow, I'm fucking not recruiting the portal. I'm going out recruiting again like we used to. Look at what recruiting's become, Steve. This is a coach. Transfer portal, almost that time to grab some D-line. Time, time for portal players to shine. He's fucking rhyming on his recruiting pitches. Like, he refuses to go recruit. <sighs> now we're doing it electronically on a keyboard. We're recruiting the portal. I'm confused. When does it end in your uh, estimation, or does it? Or are we just, this is what it is, because I think this is going to implode. Uh, it ends when adults grow their balls back, but there's no guarantee of that. Um couple things let's go by one this one by one jackson and jigba over at ohio state if he's really injured okay but if he's using it as a crutch this is gonna happen nfl scouts and personnel and the management they're gonna come around during their rounds at ohio state and they're gonna ask ryan day and you know you've been in that position coach hey coach what's this guy about and you have to tell them the truth or you lose credibility and if it's not an injury and they're going to talk to a lot of people inside that Ohio State building. They'll be like, yeah, you know, he could have played, buddy. And you know what I would do? I'd red flag him. He's out of my first round. I mean. He is. He's out of my first round. I'm sorry. He just is, okay? I, I hear you, too. But I, I just I think we're making college football NFL equivalent because of the money. I, I Me and Matt disagree on this because I'm like, dude, we're not hungry no more to chase oh, NFL. Coach, there's a difference, though. And this is the irony. Jackson and Jigba as a National Football League player would play. Because you're fighting for your jobs, you're under contract, and you're, none of those contracts are really guaranteed fully. I, I mean, it's funny because, remember, college has a very finite shelf life. You know, after three years, you can leave. And a lot of these guys, once they put that tape in uh, or enough work in, they're freaking, okay, I'm good, I'm done. So, you know, say what you want about National Football League players. A lot of these guys try to play because they're trying to get that next deal, not get cut, not get their salary restructured. So the management actually has a little bit of leverage. Now, as it relates to Trey Young, Trey, this is the season. You're a basketball player. This is your profession. Nobody wants to do it all the time, but this is the business you chose. You're getting compensated well. Show up and do your damn job. And until the Hawks, to the Atlanta Hawks, have enough guts to say, okay, you're going to get fined, and the next time you do that, you're going to get suspended, and we're not going to bend. Okay? But I think a lot of organizations, and this is not talked about, love, they are afraid of the social media heat. That if they actually did that, 
they might be called racist, they, they might become oppressive, all the labels, right? And they're afraid of that. And I give Nate McMillan a lot of credit for actually trying to be an authority figure. Because you have to understand, Nate McMillan is a player that grew up in the 80s, went to North Carolina State, and was still in the league a very long time as a role player that never had that leverage. He always had to show up. He always had to do the little things. He always had to work hard. But he he was in an NBA that was still a league full of men that had responsibilities and were held accountable. So that might be a culture clash. And, and this is what's going to happen because Trey Young is really productive. If this doesn't work out, you know who the fall guy is going to be. It's not going to be Trey Young. It's going to be the coach. You know what the problem is? He already got an assistant coach fired. Ugh. He already got an assistant. Chandler Parsons came on a show yesterday on podcast and said he got our assistant fired already. And Nate is one of the greatest humans in the game. Mm-hmm. I know two people that know him very well uh, spoke to. And I hear Trey Young's a shitbird. And I'm just like starting to see this trend. It's not a trend. We know what it is. But we have given these kids full autonomy. Full, here's the keys. Go run with it. And when we gave these kids, I just don't know, Steve, when did when did a Democratic-style leadership model take over professional sports? I, I'm not saying be the dictator and be this guy, but I, at the same time, if there's no hierarchy and the hierarchy comes from the 17-year-olds, we're fucked. We are. The tail should never wag the dog. And that's the truth. And I don't know when it took over. It's probably the last 20 years or so. But sports are supposed to be hard. But it is, you're right. This, there is a cultural uh, leaning here now in a lot of sports. I, I still recall that you know a couple of years ago, Iowa players came out and had problems with their strength coach because he was too tough and all that other stuff. And I'm like... Sports are supposed to be difficult. It's happening in women's basketball. I, I talk to these women head coaches, and they're old school. Like, And the head coach at Ole Miss is a good friend of mine, women's coach. And uh, she's like, Coach, these cats, these girls will try to get you fired in a heartbeat. They'll try to get you fired if yeah. you yell at them. Right. And, and, you know, and, Coach, look, and you've talked about this. And this goes beyond sports, but in the culture. And you've said, hey, look, I've coached a lot of guys that didn't have fathers in their lives. So if you're their first male authority figure, coach, and you're screaming at them or you're loud with them or you're very blunt with them, they're not used to handling that. They're not. That's the truth. As I've, I've talked to people in the business saying, Steve, you got to handle these guys with kid gloves. It's a little bit different than when I grew up. Because if I complained to my parents, my dad would say, that's your problem. Get back out there. I mean, like I told you a couple weeks ago, Mario Cristobal, before one game, was doing a Zoom, weekly Zoom meeting with uh, the media in South Florida. And they asked him, well, Coach, you're getting a couple of parents saying stuff online that they're not happy. And Mario just said, you know what? If these parents aren't happy, they are more to free them to pick their kids up. And I, I give Mario credit because you know that's not going to play well across the board in today's era. But he basically said, GTFO. If you ain't cutting it and if you're complaining and you're chirping, go ahead. Call an Uber for your kid. Get them back home. They're not wanting. And I'm, thank God. Thank God. You got to set the DNA for the program. But you're right. This goes beyond sports. And that's and that's my point with TJ. So Cristobal can do it, but Dion can't. 
Oh, they both can do it. They both can do it. I mean, look, no, but I think what TJ Moe said was, and by the way, all the people up there, TJ, have you ever – yeah, TJ played in the SEC. Okay, for all, not you, Coach, but all these people – yeah, by the way, he had a 1,000-yard season in the SEC. So all you people chirping at him, as you like to say, Coach, uh, let's see your trading card. Let's see your stats. Okay, but that being said, TJ had a problem really with the word I that Dion yeah. didn't use. We, he kept saying, I'm coming. And I guess TJ actually did a I'm coming count because I guess he did it 21 times. So I think the, the issue TJ really had was, that he believes that a coach or a leader should always focus on the group and not the individual. I think that was his bigger issue. I, I agree. And listen, my motto is it's a, it ain't about me. It's about us. So I, I do agree with the I stuff, but I think when you're, when you're there day one, you kind of want to see who, who's going to run from words. If you're going to run from words before you ever even hit this, jungle with me in this concrete in this weight room in this grass filled turf filled whatever if you can't if you're gonna run from words you're never gonna be able to play okay, for coach can i ask you something and, and this is where i actually don't disagree don't you think a meeting like that should have no cameras just a team just a tribe bring it in no media we're not taping this but let me ask you this and I'm asking someone else on last chance use. Like, <laughs> so that's the irony of that. <laughs> I, I, I said that earlier on Outkick. I was like, well, they're like, so can the kids come and film you? I go, are you really asking fucking me this question? Uh, so let, let me ask you this, though. I know a lot of coaches that have been fired because kids are sitting back doing this in the meeting. Filming you away with their phone just like this. And so, so I want to be clear. We're not, let's not start up by saying he's doing the bar stool thing. And he, this is what this world has become. So it's kind of now like, okay, you're you know going to do coach. Me. You know what I would do at every team meeting. I'd have, I'd have one of my grad assistants taking the phones. Come here, take it. All right. You're no, I, used to have, I used to have a basket. I used to have a right. basket. Put it in there. Put it in there. This is our time. This is not your time. This is not my time. It's our time. Remember that line from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? So this is our time. I, I don't, you know, there comes a point in time we have to have enough guts to enforce uh, discipline and structure. Look, Dion was very honest about it, though, that, look, you guys were 1-11 for a reason. My job is to fix that because now Dion's under some pressure. Yeah. This is a business. College football at the Division One level is a business. They are paying him $5 million, and there are expectations with And also, Dion wants to win. He's a competitor. So he's going to do what every other coach would do in that situation, which is very simple. That's the first, first order of business. Raise the talent level. Simple. No question. No question about it. I agree. Uh, I, I agree with that. I just, the camera thing, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was kind of a joke. I, you know, at the big time level, it's it's illegal. You can't barstool and, and, and all this other shit. It's kind of a conflicting of interest. I know the NCAA and then, then the NFL level for, uh, you can't have gambling. Barstool's a gambling app. They're, they're, they're keeping Will Compton out of the league right <laughs> now. 
You saw that deal. So there's a whole thing in itself. Um, Heisman finalist came out, uh, and we got we got a very disinterest. I don't know. I'm I'm not very interested in this group. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Bits, Bet, Bennett is a seven year pro. He's been in the fucking college for 20 years. It seems like uh, you got Dugan, who's just a nutty gutty winner, and you got Caleb, who's a talent shitbird in my opinion, and then you got C.J. Stroud. I don't know if Blake Corum being hurt, uh, Hendon Hooker being hurt, and then you have B. John Robinson at Texas, who's the all is leading every statistical category in the run run game uh, as a running back. Um, yards per carry, total yards, touchdowns. He's tied with the with the kid uh, uh, at Michigan. Um, do you do you feel anyone else should be in there, or or, or do we need to segregate this Whoa. thing and just say we have to have a quarterback MVP trophy, and then we have another uh, all sport because it's a quarterback deal. I mean, yeah, it is not- now. But two thirds of the way in, I thought Hendon Hooker was the Heisman, but then Tennessee had that really bad loss to Kentucky where they not only got blown out. No, South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina, excuse me. Um, And then he got hurt. And then if Blake Corum got hurt against Michigan State, I believe, earlier that afternoon, like, look, if Blake Corum could have stayed healthy and let's say he would have rushed for 200 yards against Ohio State and then had a big Big Ten championship game, he could have made a late run. Unfortunately, he was not available. Out of those four guys, look, Bennett has become a very good college quarterback, okay? Max Dugan, like you said, gutty and all that other stuff. He's tough, great story. He's actually a backup that didn't transfer. Um, C.J. Stroud, I think, is going to be hurt by the fact he's 0-2 against Michigan. Never won a real big game. A lot of criticism of his big game performance. And I think that leaves the Heisman, believe it or not, to Caleb Williams. Even last week, even though they lost, he still put up really good numbers. And I would say week one through 12 and beyond, the one player that really had a high level of play and was statistically good week in and week out, it was him. I agree. Uh, I think he was, by, like, you know me, I classified quarterback, touchdowns, interceptions. He yeah. was the guy. He was leading that. So uh, Alabama had... Uh, uh, an all-time nine kids entered the portal yesterday. Mm. Three five-stars, four four-stars, three three-stars. Uh, it just seems like uh, I've seen a lot of guys, Julio Jones, a few other people have come out and say Alabama ain't for everyone. And just because nope. you're a five-star and you don't think you should redshirt, what have I always said, Steve? I don't know if you've heard me in my rants, but I have said the single number one reason for kids to transfer is because of peer pressure and they were a five-star, and they're not starting, but their boy is starting at LSU, and they both played high school together and were both five-stars, and then Twitter starts to go after you, and, oh, you're not starting, but Johnny is. Ah, you <laughs> suck. And they transfer. Um, if Alabama has nine, Steve, I think we're at the end of well, college as we know it. Coach, my view is this. I think at least half of those guys were asked to leave, that they were oh, told, no, you know yes. what? No question. Um, you're not cut out for us. No let's question. Have, let's 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 have a. We have irreconcilable differences, and it'd be best for you and us. You know what's interesting about Alabama this year? Um, you can make an argument that they were one of the best four teams and should be in the playoffs, but this is the most unsound, undisciplined Bama unit that I've seen in about 
2008, so about, what, 14, 15 years, they did not do the little things. And I know that must have driven Nick yeah. Saban nuts. You know, after the first I'm game or two. If he goes into Porto again, I don't think he is. Right. Well, no, you know, the funny thing is um, Sean King, the former quarterback for the Buccaneers. I know him very well. Good guy. He too. He's been on the show. He's a good friend of mine. He actually said after the first game or two, he goes, man, that Bama O-line is terrible. And everyone's like, what? And he goes, that's not the number one team. He said it. As a football guy, he recognized it, that without Evan Neal, they didn't have that anchor. And Bryce Young has to play Superman at least four or five times a game to bail this team out. And Alabama played a lot of one-possession games. Forget the two losses. I know. They had other games you're like, wow, they don't look that dominant. A&M, Texas. Right. right. At Ole Miss. And so the other thing that's interesting is if you look at the, the shifting of college football, Coach, their best receiver last year was a grad transfer, Jamison Williams, who became yeah. a first-round choice, finally made his NFL debut. This year, their best running back, who bailed them out also, future NFL guy, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. So when even Alabama just can't go homegrown from freshman to redshirt senior like they have in the past, it goes to show you that even Nick Saban's thinking, well, this is a different game. Um, Alabama, to me, this is going to be interesting. The greatest ability Nick Saban has shown is not anything that he knows about football. That's unquestioned, his ability to adapt. Because remember, about seven, eight years ago, people's all these spread offenses, up-tempo, it's going to kill Bama. You know what he said? He said, you know what? I'm just going to evolve and do the exact same thing. I'm going to get Sarkeesian. I'm going to get Lane Kiffin. I'm going to retool my defense to play a little bit more nickel on early downs. We'll figure it out. Now, now Nick Saban is thinking, okay, you know what? I hate this. I hope it never came to this. Now we're going to play the portal game. Guys go in, guys go out. I'll get my high school guys, but I will plug and play 22-year-old men with one or two years of eligibility. So it affects everybody. So that's the thing that's going to be really interesting is that when Bryce Young leaves, do they have a quarterback in the pipeline? Because that's the key. Because, you know, he went from being a run-dominant offense, right, with guys like Greg McElroy and McCarron that were caretakers, to now he's had difference makers at quarterbacks. So my question is, after Bryce Young, who is it? That's the next really great big question for Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, transitioning on this portal, Miami has, I think, 13 kids. A&M has 15 in the portal. Uh we had a thousand kids enter the portal yesterday um, on the first opening day. Kind of like it was like a fucking like it was like uh, Black Friday or something or or, 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 or what, what do they call it? Uh, a Cyber Monday. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking there's a deal going on. Uh, my kid, who I know the family very, very well, DJ uh, enters the portal. Um, you know, I think from what I'm hearing from talking to uh, some people that know him very well and related to him. Uh, what Dabo said at halftime, which was basically, well, I tried to start this guy at Notre Dame four weeks ago. Um, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I think his family and everybody, because this is not the Polynesian way to back out and cower out and leave. Uh, I would have loved to see him stay in the spring and get what's mine back, right? Yeah, but, but coach, that's not what he's gonna do because of what Dabo said. Uh coach, can I tell you something though? And I, I think DJ is a very admirable young man. He struggled last year. This season for about two thirds, 
he was pretty good. Had a really good rebound. Had a great game against Wake Forest. Him and Sam Hartman had this showdown, all-time ACC gunslinger battle. The last couple of weeks, especially with the South Carolina game, he really struggled. And when you see Cade Klubnik, wow, that guy has it. Coach, I'm just telling you, that's the next great Clemson quarterback. No. Klubnik looks like a future top five pick. There's two quarterbacks this year that I really like that in two years, I think you and Sean Salisbury is going to talk a lot about and going to love. Drake May at Carolina and Klubnik. I mean, you want to talk about guys that can make tight window throws, anticipatory throws, read defenses, climb the pocket. Those two guys have that natural feel. DJ, I think, has been hurt by the fact, and I know that a lot of people have talked about this, the system and the coaching at Clemson isn't necessarily quarterback friendly. I just think that DJ said, you know what? I've gone as far as I can here. I see the writing on the wall. Let me get a fresh start. But I will say this about DJ and the way he must have been raised. I watched a lot of that ACC game last Saturday. He was supportive, huh? Yes. He was anti-Kyler Murray, basically. Yes. He was with Klubnik. He looked like a good teammate. He was happy for everybody. He was involved. I said, you know what? That, that's, a, that, that's a guy with some character. That's a guy with some – and look, UCLA is going to need a quarterback next year. I know they have a pretty good backup to DTR, but that job is open. That job is I, open. I, I'm even here. I'm even hearing USC's not out of the picture either. So hmm. I don't know. They bring that back Caleb though. That's, they bring back Caleb Williams though, coach. A little different there. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, um, like Matt mentioned though, we don't know if that cat's gonna play or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, I want to show you this uh, this this uh, graphic that I, I got. Um, I want to show you this thing, but uh, as I download it, uh, I want to I want to know I want to get this from you real quick. Um, the college playoff. We know these are the four teams. I just want to get your take before you get out of here. Uh, I think Bama should have been in. I think they're the only team that could beat uh, Georgia. Uh, I'm not saying they would. I'm saying they could. They're the only one, in my opinion, that could. Um, what do you where you stand on that? I think there's a lot of truth to it. There may have been some SEC Bama backlash that didn't want to make this the SEC Invitational. And again, college football at this level, like the National Football League, is programming. So the way they did it, they got a Southern team. They got a Midwest team. They got a Southwest team. You know, so they kind of mixed it up so that all the time zone, everyone's geographically represented. Look, when TCU lost, to Kansas State, I thought Bama was going to get in. I I'm with you on that. Uh, by the way, I'm still trying to figure out why Sonny Dykes did not quarterback sneak it with Dugan. That was some terrible uh, – and I like Dykes. I think he blew that one. But with that said, there comes a point, though, that wins and losses have to matter. They did lose twice. They didn't play Georgia in the regular season. And it is unfair that – and this, is a, this I can't disagree with. How can teams like an Ohio State that don't even play for their conference title then benefit from sitting out? See, well, now they didn't, lose. they didn't drop any spots. Yeah, and so now the 12-team playoff will rectify that. But, yeah, do I think that because of Bryce Young and Saban and the whole mystique of Bama is well, – were they the one team that could really trouble or make Georgia – 
the most fearful, probably. But here's the difference, though, Coach. Bama's wide receivers this year were mediocre. Uh, there was no Julio Jones. There was no Devontae Smith. In fact, a couple of those five stars have busted out. They're not very good. And let, let's go back, though, last year, uh, Coach. Last year, when they got beaten in the SEC title game, or Bryce Young just carved up his all-time great defense, remember in the middle of that game, Brandon Mechie, their really good slot receiver, went down with a knee injury. Yep. So by the time they went to the title game, about a month later, Jamison Williams blew out his knee. Yeah, Coach, there's a good chance if those two injuries never happen, Alabama wins that national title. Yeah, But this year, Bama didn't even come in with those type of threats. Ja'Cory Brooks is not a bad player, but he's certainly not what they had. So I think both can be true, but there comes a point that the results of the game have to matter because that's what games are played on, on grass. By the way, Coach, I wanted to ask you this. How bad was the coaching of Dennis Allen yesterday in those last five minutes? Not I would have fired him on the coaches. spot. Not everyone needs to be head coaches. Like, I'm just telling oh. you, like, he's a good defensive coach. So is Zimmer. So is a lot of guys. Dion's trying to get Zimmer to be his DC in Colorado. They're not head coaches, though. There's a lot of guys that just aren't. McDaniels, good OC, not a head coach. Uh, we're, we're, you know, Sala, to me, still for up for debate, but. Uh, we know he's a good defensive coach. This year, they drafted well. He's looking like he's doing okay. I said it on my show. Dennis Allen is not the fix for this job. They need an offensive guy. They don't need a defensive guy. Their defense is sound. All you need a guy is do to call sound plays. They need an offensive coach, and they're struggling by a defensive-minded coach who, who I mean, some of the time clock management shit, which I've told you 90% of these coaches are horrible at. It makes no sense. Staley is the worst. Staley is the worst, and he over-relies on analytics. And, and So let's go back to that game last night. You're up 16-3, and I think you had the ball at, at midfield on a third and one, and I'm thinking, okay, you move the chains here, game's over. Yeah, it's just three minutes left, and you're up 13. I'm like, what? And then as a defensive co- that I mean, I'm telling you, I give Tom Brady credit for the ending. But for 55 minutes, as you would say, JB, in your own unique and nimble way, he looked like hammered dog shit. Yes. He had happy feet. He was bailing. I mean, you, I have never seen him so jumpy in the pocket. And I'm thinking, okay, you have to punt the ball. Didn't like that call. I said, do not go into any form of prevent or layback. Bring heat. Because one thing is obvious, Julio Jones has lost two steps. He's no longer a vertical threat. He can't run past anybody. Great-ass fucking hands, though. Yes, but he's he's not going to run past you as he once did. Okay, Mike Evans, big-body guy. He can get vertical, but he's not what I'd call a field-stretching guy. If you're the Saints, you don't change anything defensively, but as they started to loosen up, they got a couple of completions here. There, I'm thinking, oh, you're letting Tom Brady get in rhythm now. You're letting Tom get into rhythm, and I've seen this happen, that when a quarterback who has been so nervous and jumpy, as soon as they get a couple of completions in a row, all of a sudden it's like a shooter in basketball. They may miss all game, but they start making a couple of layups. The basket gets a little bit bigger. Then, Coach, the last drive of the Saints offensively in regulation, the way they botched that and literally took off 30 seconds, Dennis Allen's career record is bad. And I'm not even saying he was like the Raiders job was a dumpster fire back then. But if if you're the Saints, I'm just telling you, I call back Sean Payton. I go, Sean, 
We'll even let you do the bounties. Like, we don't give it. Get back here. Get, I, because that game could, that should not have been lost. That was a coaching malfunction that cost the New Orleans Saints that ball game. Uh, man, they're – I don't know. Dalton made a drop-the-dime piece that your boy that is – I don't know what he has on the league or on the Saints. Oh, or Taysom. Taysom Hill has – The white slash. Um, he the white slash. He has to have pictures of the owner or, 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 or something. There's no way you pay this guy this amount of money for doing nothing. Like, what does he do? He run wildcat here and there? And, oh! He look, look, he caught a pass. He caught a pass for a touchdown. Look, he's, he's fucking horrible. Taysom Hill plays a role, which is as a slash, the old Cordell Stewart thing. But the money he gets for a guy who's basically a specialty player is He's a poor man's Devo Samuel. <laughs> poor man's Devo. Wow. So, I look, I'm with you. By the way, I thought Andy Dalton threw some dimes yesterday. Yes, he's good. He's and, an NFL he Olave dropped one, and I like Olave. I think he's going to be a really good receiver. He got no help from his receivers. I thought Dalton by far was the better quarterback for much of that game. And Dennis Allen, like you said, coaches lose games. Well, he lost that one. That is squarely on him. Hey, before you get out of here, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Anthony Richardson declares for the draft the fourth oh. quarterback. He's fucking atrocious. He's another. He's going to be another guy that just no one hears from in the NFL because – Everyone that I know that I've talked to, NFL people that I know, have told him, stay in, this, stay yeah. in college. Stay in college. Uh, Coach, I've seen a lot more college football than me. Uh, you think he's even close to ready? Whoever invests in Anthony Richardson has to say and have, have, have the whole organization realize, no matter where we pick him, he will not get significant snaps till his third year at least. If that. He's a great athlete. He looks the part. He could throw the ball a country mile. The problem is he often can't hit the broadside of a barn door. Uh, he is a great athlete. He can do a lot of things, but there will be no intermediate passing. I wonder about his overall um, – I wonder about his ability just to step back into the pocket and run regular – pro passing concepts because if you watch florida at times it just looks like a mess and so look is he gonna test well yes in shorts in shorts and t-shirt throwing against cones he will look the part but when you really break him down coach you say sheesh i i look it would not surprise me look i'm gonna have my bill polian moment can't wait for this i think if it doesn't work out at quarterback he might become Logan Thomas. Remember Logan Thomas at Virginia Tech? Yeah. He was such a good athlete, they said, okay, you're a tight end. I remember Logan Thomas. Uh, he was a 6'6", six, six, though. About yes, six, he was. Six. So, all right, so maybe he plays a wide receiver. But Rudy Carpenter, uh, you know, he had a little stint in the National Football League, set a lot of records at Arizona State. I don't know if he was in camp, but one day he was at the Arizona Cardinals practice where Logan Thomas was. This had to be about six years ago when he first got drafted. He said, Steve, Logan Thomas may have the strongest arm I've ever seen. And I said, well, what makes you say that? He goes, Steve, he was on his knees and he drilled the ball over 50 yards. Like he just chucked it on both knees because they're doing some drill. He goes, Steve, I've never seen a guy throw it that far in that particular drill. Hey, I, I used to do it, by the way. I used to do it. Sorry. Bru 
okay, what, but, but here's the thing. You can hit a target once in a while or often. I, I'm just, you ever, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, what's that movie? Bull Durham with Nuke Nalouche. Remember? The guy could throw 100 miles per hour, had no idea how to pitch. That's essentially what a lot of these guys are. They're Nuke Nalouche. Okay, they have a million-dollar arm, and as uh, Crash Davis said, a 10-cent head. Now, Anthony Richardson, I don't know about his football IQ. He is such an unpolished guy, though, yeah. that whoever drafts him has got to say, you're sitting out the first couple of years, and you better practice hard, and you better be a student of the game. That's uh, the reality of that, of that particular draft choice and that investment you make into him. Let me ask you this real quick before you get out of here. Texans got the first pick, and the Texans via the Browns have the 13th pick. Um, Ooh. And and it's, to me, I'm sitting there looking at this, and I'm like, man, the Texans have some good possibilities. I think they need to stick with a quarterback that they have, Mills. Right. And, and surround them. Some better surround players. Them. Like, we keep drafting these kids out of high school. I mean, out of college that have no tool. They've never been tooled, fine-tuned, or anything. And we expect them to be the great savior of uh, of of like this whole thing. Like they're not. They're not the savior. Coach, if you're the Texans, you got to take a book out of the Bill Walsh, Jimmy Johnson school of drafting, which is value. Okay, because they they were revolutionaries in terms of drafting back, stockpiling picks, and then Jimmy. The great Jimmy S. Johnson actually created the draft chart yep. where every draft choice had a point value. Yeah. So he understood like, okay, there's a 53rd pick and the 79th pick. If I trade this for a future number two next year, is it worth it? They're going to have to do that. I'm just telling you with that number one pick, unlike, I'm going to say this again, unless there is a John Elway, I'm just saying, okay, we're up for bidding. And I would say, we're going to stay in the top five. So if we draft back or we get back, I'm not going to get out of the top 10. I'm going to say stick to the top 10. I'm going to need another draft choice or two, and I'm going to need one starter. Because as you look at that Texans team, coach, if Deshaun Watson made his debut against any other club, he loses that game. He I was know. bad. The only thing worse than Deshaun was the Texans. <laughs> I know, man. I, I, this is the thing about it, though. Like, I agree with Joe in the chat. I think Will Anderson's a good pick to go get. Uh, the problem is, you know why they draft quarterbacks every year, these shitty teams, Steve? Because they're so inept all across the roster that right. they think they have to they, – they, they need so many guys that they go get the splash guy so no, they can they, fill the stadium coach, up. You know what's happening now, though? quarterbacks are like left-handed pitching. They're overvalued. Or, or Look, Zach Wilson was the number two. I couldn't believe that. I was like, what? There are so many quarterbacks that really need to be drafted in the second or third round that suddenly, because they're the, they're the tallest midget that year, they automatically become top 15. Like Kenny Pickett, who's actually making some strides, in a lot of years would not have been a first-round choice. But because this year... It really, the timing worked out for him. He became a first-round draft choice. But but if you're the Texans, you literally need everything. You literally need, on both sides of the ball, you need a lineman, you need a receiver, you need a running back. Then on the other side, you need everything. So in, in my view, you have to be able to parlay that into multiple players, picks, and immediate starters. 
Here's another draft thing. Coach, I think Seattle, boy, Pete Carroll. I was just bringing this up. I was just bringing this up. They got three good picks in the fucking first round. Right now, if there was a draft, because they have the Broncos' number one pick, Coach, they have a top three pick. Wow. Um, Coach, I'd stick with you. Number three via the Broncos. They're also, though, Steve, they're also at – I got it right here. They're also number 20. Wow. So do you see Pete Carroll sticking in this another two years and say, you know yeah. what? Yeah. I think we can build around Geno with the yeah. wild we have and the running back we have and the rookie corner that's the next Richard Sherman. Ty Woolen. We get a couple D linemen and a couple yeah. O linemen. Coach, I stick with Geno. Geno has found it out. He's solid. I'm not saying he's Black Marino. We're we're not saying he's Warren Moon 2.0, but in today's game, he's pretty good. He's actually making like like NFL throws. He's now he won a game late. Coach, this is the greatest scenario for the Seahawks that not only are they gonna get a top three to five pick, but they don't need a quarterback. So they don't have to get desperate for a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young as I anticipated they would need to. To me, I tell Gino. You have earned the job for the next few years. Congratulations. There's some 10 millions of dollars. Don't spend it all in one place. Okay. Now you could fortify that roster because they may or may not make the playoffs. They may be on the edge, but coach, they are set up for a really good run post Russell weirdo. I like the positioning and I look Pete Carroll's always one of these guys because of his energy and his youthful look. He acts and looks much younger than he actually is. I don't know why he'd retire. He has set himself up for another great run. Yeah, he has. Uh, Who do you got in the college playoff? Uh, Georgia. 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 It's Georgia. (laughs) Coach. That's the thing, right? Like, Alabama at least would give you a thought, right? Alabama, okay, that could be intriguing. Because Bryce Young can do magic, and Kirby and – uh, Nick Saban, uh, two chess masters. Coach, you know what's interesting about Georgia when I watched them? And I actually thought they didn't play a great game by their standards on Saturday against LSU. People always talk about the Georgia size, athleticism, and all that other stuff and the talent. They have a higher football IQ as any college team. When I look at them, they do all the right things, the way they leverage the ball back inside. Nobody ever leads with the wrong shoulder. So plays rarely get bounced outside. The way they surround the ball, the way they rally to the ball, um, the way they jump routes because they've been coached in certain sets. If they, we, we see an RPO coming, we know how to defend it. it it's a football masterclass what they do with incredible talent. And now with Stetson Bennett, they're, ask, they're actually game planning to his strengths where he's not just handing off and you're only going to throw 15 times. No, they're actually playing a real offense and at times they're very wide open and their tight end Brock Bowers is the next great tight end he is George Kittle Jr an unbelievable athlete and Darnell Washington's one of the most physical bullies I've ever seen at at setting the edge at tight end but when you watch this team coach you would appreciate this because they actually know how to play the game of football correctly in all facets it's impressive to watch what Kirby Smart has built up there yeah, I I don't know, man. I just uh, I think I, I want to say, I'll, you know, Saban's going to go out with a bang before he's done with this thing, and he's going to figure this out, whether he stays away from the portal or uses it. But if he's losing, 
uh, portal kids like he is. I think that was voluntarily, uh, you know. <laughs> Coach, what's that phrase? Addition by subtraction. Right? Well, yeah. They may not the be losses. They I may use be all openings. Addition by subtraction is a real thing. I use it all the time. I'm like, dude, I think it's a real thing. Uh, I think Michigan beats. Uh, I think Michigan beats TCU, but Me I too. just think, I just think that you know. And then you got the battle of the South Carolina. Both teams lost to South Carolina Bowl. Tennessee Clemson. Good game. Uh, that's going to be a game without Hendon Hooker. I don't know. You got the new heir apparent quarterback to Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, and then I, I think Clemson's going to beat them. Uh, because of the energy yeah. is renewed. And then I think Alabama beats K-State by a 1,000 just because they want to <laughs> prove – they want to prove that you just beat TCU who put it – it was well, in a – Coach, do you think Alabama wants to play in this game? I've seen no. this before. Remember years ago, they lost to Florida. Hey, but, but do you see Nick Saban losing a bowl game because of the reason of TCU being in and everyone's going to say, yes. oh, you okay, shouldn't coach, have been in? Do you remember when – um? The year it was Nick Saban's second year, 2008. They lost the SEC title game to Tim Tebow. It was a great game, but they ran out of gas. Yeah. Then they played Utah in the Sugar Bowl, and I'm just telling you, Kyle Whittingham's guys were ready. Alabama in the Sugar Bowl was like, Ugh, and they got blown off the field. Now go back to the 2013 or 14 Sugar Bowl. They didn't make the national title. I think it was the year of the pick of the the uh, return six against Auburn. Yeah, they got blown out of there uh, by Trevor Knight in Oklahoma. So even the great Nick Saban has had teams that are like, ah, we're not playing for the national title. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. By the way, coach. But that was pre portal and NIL. I don't know. And that is pre. There was never a discussion of putting 12 teams in the playoff. Now there yeah. is. And I don't agree, Steve, with the 12 thing, team thing. I, I think. Oh, I hate it. Coach, I hate it. I'm with yeah, you. Like, let's we let's have ruling. 12 teams in the thing. Let's put 12 teams in the thing so we can have 12 players opt out. Right. Coach, <laughs> Coach, I'm just telling you, we are ruining the greatest, most meaningful, impactful regular season in all of American sports. And it's a shame. It truly is. Coach, I wanted to bring this guy up before I get out of here. Can we give Kyle Whittingham a slow 80s clap? Now, that's a football coach. Oh, no. Don't you like – can we give – I mean, God, that guy just looks I, like a – I did a top five college football coaching oh. list uh, on my show with Zach a while, months ago, and I have him in there. And people don't realize. But let me let me, let me leave – let me let you get out of here with this. <clears throat> Everyone loves saying that too, but when I, before I let you go, and, and it was like 30 minutes ago, um, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. Does he do the same thing at – a Georgia though, or add a Michigan or add another thing. See, that's what people don't understand. People yeah. don't realize some culture thing. Yeah. It is okay to be the big fish in the small pond. Yeah. Look at look at Mark Few at Gonzaga. Yeah. If he would have left and went to UCLA, he'd be done right now. He'd already been fired. He'd be back at Gonzaga. All the guys that leave Boise State, they were better off there. Yes. And by the way, Lance Leopold at KU, thumbs up to you. You're building something. And yes. by the way, KU said to Leopold, if you stay, we're building a new stadium. We're putting a couple hundred millions of dollars into renovating it. We're going to, and you know what Lance said? Good. I'm going to be, that's the one. I love that. The thing with Whittingham is, and I'm watching the end of that game when they're, it's obvious they're going to blow out SC. They're going to win the Pac 12. 
I was wrong. I think we were all wrong on the game. That's still a college program that has players bought in. Really. I mean, the players were happy. It's the greatest time of their lives. They play for each other. They play hard. And I love that about Kyle, that when people say, what is culture? Because that's such a buzzword. People use it. They use hashtags. They put it up, signs in the building. But it's got to be more than that. When you watch a Utah football team throughout a season and the way they go about their business, you say to yourself, that's culture, what they do. It's meaningful. It's real. It's authentic. And the players are bought in. I, I really think, you know, if that, and I, we, it's ironic, in a 12-team playoff, I think Utah would be in. Boy, I'd hate to play them because they're hot right now. They're hot. When they're healthy, they are a game. They were basically seven points away um, from being a one-loss team. This was a very good team. But Kyle Whittingham, to me, you, you that is a consummate coach who has not sold out, who sticks with his foundational principles, and God bless him. I hope he never leaves Utah. Nah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, I don't think he will either. I think they will yeah. go to the Big Ten or whatever with uh, with with Colorado too. Eventually, that's probably Ooh. what's gonna. That's just because the money is too much. Yeah. And he's been there. I remember when Urban handed him the keys. Yeah. Uh, on and that he's a side. BYU guy. That's the ironic thing. Yeah. He's a BYU yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, it's just it it it, it reminds me of old times, but. I just don't know where we're headed, Steve, with this college thing. I just think it's going to implode. Yeah. We don't recruit. High, high school's going to be irrelevant soon because we have so many in the portal, which is a candy store now. We don't need to recruit high school. And JUCO's going to be done with. No. I hope my boy Willie Fritz beats the hell out of SC at Tulane because Caleb Williams, I think, will cut, will cower well, again, out. Coach, Tulane wants to be there. Oh, no doubt. SC no doesn't. Exactly. I'm just, right. I'm just telling you. Exactly. That is such – I have seen games – I remember Miami in the 93-94 year, they played the Fiesta Bowl because we had lost the late game to West Virginia, and they knocked them out of the national title. They got blanked by Arizona. That's during the desert swarm years with Teddy Bruschi, yeah, Brandon yeah. Sanders. Our guys didn't want to be there. Well, Arizona treated that like a Super Bowl. And I remember Chuck Levy dashing us for 80 yards. He was out of Linwood, I think, or Englewood. Oh, yeah, he's, hey, he was Linwood's fastest man. I grew yeah. up with Charles Levy. He went to the 49ers and returned yeah. kicks. It was 29 to nothing, and it felt like it was 58 nothing. And I remember thinking, our guys didn't want – so it, that actually matters, Coach. And I think Tulane, they're going to be jacked up. Well, SC, eh. They'll, they'll grab the free gift bags and the gift cards for the bowl game. They'll get their watch. They'll get their watch. Yeah, they'll get their watch. Hey, who who get the gets UNLV job? I, that's a tough job, though. Coach, you I, think, I think you can win there, man. I don't understand. I don't get it. You know, the first thing you'd have to do if you get there is actually lock down Bishop Gorman and say, look, whatever talent we have, because they play pretty good football there in Vegas. No one actually stays. That's the thing. All the Bishop Gorman guys go all across the country. I don't think a lot of the notable ones right out of high school. Like Murray and those type of guys. Like DTR. DTR. You know, he was a Gorman guy. Tate Martell, the infamous Tate Martell. He was a California kid. Yeah. So I that's, it's one of those jobs that seems easy because it's a glamorous city. There's a lot to do there. It's a recognizable brand through their basketball. But can you get the look? Like, look at Hawaii. Hawaii's had some good years. They have a football history. But the fact of the matter is, the Manti Tails of the world generally leave the island. 
So it's tough. I I, I don't know. That seems like one of those jobs that's always going to be a perpetual stepping stone or one that you get fired in within five years. Hey, I all I know is John Robinson won there. Uh, yeah. They won with Randall Cunningham. And they had – it. Was, you could argue it was worse then because this yeah. is like – Randall Wood, Don't forget right that mob left. Yeah. So hey. like you had to worry about like it was on pins and needles and you had Kenny Cardell and Suge Knight and the Maloof <laughs> brothers. I mean, they had – you had everything in UNLV at that time. But, but let me ask you this. You're an hour flight from L.A. You're an hour flight from Phoenix. You're a two-hour flight from Houston. The recruiting base just yeah. on the West Coast, if you lock that down, I don't see how San Diego State where Rocky Long did it, and you can't do it in Vegas. Yeah, and the you know. NIL money is unbelievable if you go tap in. Why hasn't anybody even gone to the casinos? Well, the question – well, I think there's a gambling issue. But, you know, if you're UNLV, you have to ask yourself this, and I don't know. I haven't delved into it. Has the UNLV administration really made a complete investment into football? They, they upgraded facilities a couple of years ago. Okay. They haven't done nothing. I mean, I'm going to say this again. Unless that know. school president says, hey, we're going to be a football school, damn it. But how did Tark, okay. how did Tark get it done? Well, basketball's different, though. That's 12 players. Yeah, but. And Tarkanian's that? great. Yes, and Tar- hey, 12, though. Hey, coach, Tarkanian had recruiting methods. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, I know. He recruited Ed O'Bannon at my house. Yeah, I know. So, Tark was very persuasive. In a brand new fucking Lexus. I know all about it. Yeah. Tark was very um, persuasive. Hey, but now now you can do it legally. You know what's sad? As as a child of the 80s, I used to love UNLV basketball. I thought it was unbelievable. You know, it's funny. Moses Curry. No one wants to talk about Moses Moses Curry. Curry, David Butler, Gerald Patio, Fearless Freddie Banks. And people don't realize, unless you're in L.A., they used to show UNLV games on Channel 9 with Chick Hearn. That was his other gig besides the Lakers. So a lot of kids in L.A., because as UCLA kind of declined, they loved UNLV. And then when UNLV got Augman, Greg Anthony, Anderson Hunt, and the great Larry Johnson, they were as big a brand as anybody. People forget, Steve, they signed Ed O'Bannon and Sean Tarver, the number one and two players in America from right here in my high school. And at that time, it was the biggest thing ever. And if Ed O'Bannon don't dunk on fucking Don McClain and A.C. Green, who were in the NBA already as a high school senior and blow his knee out at Poly Pavilion, he's a UNLV running rebel, and you don't know how many more titles they win. Yeah, and then, you know, the, the, the NCAA did their whole thing. I remember Gucci Row or millionaires would fight to have front row seats. And and it's sad because, you know, what's funny. UNLV basketball has not been relevant since the early 90s. I never would have imagined that. I don't remember the last time I saw them on TV or I watched the game. And it'll never be the same. Tarkanian had this magic about him. And, but it's easier, though. Remember basketball, you have one great player, a Kobe or a LeBron or a Michael. You can win. In football, especially with college, you have 85 scholarships. You better have 50 to 60 guys that can actually play. And then the other 30 better develop. So it's much difficult. UNLV, to me, they'll always be known as the football school that had Icky Woods and Randall Cunningham as an All-American punter. People oh, don't yeah. realize he's an All-American punter, not oh, quarterback, yeah. punter. 
and Keenan McCardell. They had the Maloof yes. brothers that played there who ended up owning the Palms and the Sacramento yes. Kings. Uh, my good friend who's a head coach in junior college here in California was on that team, was a starter, uh, Margay Miller. Um, and then you had Suge Knight, who was a JUCO transfer from El Marion Suge Knight. <laughs> Knight right there. And that team was good, man. Uh, you know, uh, Harvey Hyde. Harvey Hyde, the coach. coach yeah, Harvey, man, Hyde. Harvey Hyde did a hell of a job there at the time. Like, people don't realize, man, I think you can win there. I really do. I think you, you can, can win there. But it, you got you to gotta be able to put resources and you got to market this thing. Yes. You know, yes. You, you, have to, you have to let kids know, like, hey, we play football out here, too. And now they play in the Raiders Stadium. They're not playing in that Sam Boyd. Was it Sam Boyd? It was basically yeah, a high school that, stadium. Uh, uh, Sam Boyd Stadium, yeah, down down at the end of the strip in the hood. Uh, yeah. Hey, I don't know, see, man. Uh, it's a lot to talk about. I, I could talk with you all day about this, too. Uh, I just think that uh, I think there's a lot of things that are going to be uh, interesting in college football because uh, the, the transfer portal and, and eliminating basically co- junior college and high school mm, recruiting sad. is just going to kill football, in my opinion. But It is, and there's a new theory now. If you're a high school blue chipper, sign in December, make up your mind, make a commitment. Don't screw around because if you wait till February, a guy that's already a fourth-year junior, he may take your spot. So that's changing everything about this dynamic. No doubt. Um, yeah. Hey, before I let you, I'm just fucking with you. I appreciate <laughs> you, man. All right, brother. We'll talk. I'll talk to you later on. Hey, Steve. Yo. Look at this. What's that? <laughs> Third string. I'm entering the portal. Uh-oh. I just oh. went from three to 1,303. I mean, that is true fucking pitcher right there. I'm just telling you. That is a true pitcher of what it is. You're in line sitting there waiting. You know what for- this is like? It's like that night before they released the newest Jordans and you see a line at Shoe Palace or, or Foot Locker. Or the day after Thanksgiving or whatever. Right, and there's like 5,000 people for 150 pairs of shoes. Um, and people start fighting over it and grappling each other. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know, you know, you know the people that, that opt out of the bowl games and out of these games, you know 70% of them don't even get drafted, but they say I'm, I'm focusing on the draft. They don't even get drafted. <laughs> It's, it's unbelievable. But people coach, if, you were, if you were a coach and one of your star players decided to opt out, would you even let him on the bowl trip to get all the perks? I wouldn't let him around my fucking presence. And, I, <laughs> and, and that is the problem with it. Like, then you should leave the campus then. Like, and no hey, more ruthless. NIL. Like, we got ruthless. in our NIL. Hey, dog, if you don't play in the bowl game, if you don't play in this playoff, you don't get your money. Yeah. Let's play them at the end, Steve, when they earn their keep. Not in the beginning before they we even know who they really are. I'm with are. you on that. Yeah, but it, I, if you're Jackson and Jigma, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm like, you know, you're right. All this stuff we're going to be doing, the dinners, the gift bags, the, the, the trips to the amusement parks. Yeah, um, go ahead, focus. This is for the team. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Man, it's so bad, dude. I I don't know. I, I would want you to get a watch. I don't care if it was a fucking Walmart watch. You're not getting it on this trip. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you. All right, brother. We'll All talk. Right, uh, Steve Kim's always great. Uh, always great to have on. I appreciate uh, him as always. Clap it up. Uh, him and Kyle Winningham. Slow 80s clap. I like that reference. Uh, God damn it, Ash. Um. Man, been another barn burning show. I appreciate you. Uh, tomorrow we got 
Chase Sr. coming on. We're going to break down all things 49ers, Jimmy G, Eagles, Jalen Hurts' performance versus the Titans. We'll break down Thursday night's game with him and get after some of this college football talk with him because uh, to- by tomorrow you never know what's going to happen with Dion in Colorado plus who's going to enter the portal. And uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. Tonight, myself and Sean Salisbury, last chance Q. Last night was a good one. Today, we're going to break down some new quarterbacks. I think we may be breaking down Jared Goff and a few others tonight. So come and join us live, 5 p.m. Pacific, on our YouTube show, Last Chance Q. So don't miss that. And, uh, hey, man, I appreciate you guys, as always. I got to get out of here a little early today, but tomorrow we'll be taking calls as well. And we will take calls tonight on Last Chance Q for all you coaches who want to come in. But uh, but like I said, we're opening back up the calls for this show every morning. So we will be taking calls. I will take calls tomorrow again. Uh, and we'll take them during the show, after the show, and uh, everything else. So I appreciate you guys. Hopefully we get some new call-ins tomorrow morning. Keep piling on. Hit that like button before you get out of here. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some free merch. Or not free, but get you some merch. We will be having a discount for Christmas. uh, Putting them there soon. Appreciate you guys, man. Love y'all. Peace out.